0: Oh. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 103 of the Jocker Nerd Podcast. We have a huge helping of the latest geek news for you, plus comic book TV reviews on this edition of the Jocker Nerd Weekly for Friday, May 20th, 2016. Right, boy, It's the Jocker Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Hi, old listener. Welcome to the show. My name is Imran.
1: My name's Anthony. He's
0: the jock.
1: The nerd. And
0: you've just stumbled onto the Jock and Nerd podcast. And Fuck you- off.
1: Don't listen anymore.
0: Uh, okay. Well, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thanks for joining the show. Anthony, you always do that. You're trying to end the show. I know you got someplace to be, but you got to give me a little bit more than 30 seconds. Uh- <laughs> oh, okay.
1: You're right. You're right. All right.
0: Listen, we're live on Blab. So joining us, of course, is Kermit the Frog's mortal enemy... And everybody's favorite felty sensation that's sweeping the nation. You know him. You love him. Rug Boy, good earth to you, Rugs. What's up? And good earth to you. What's up, dudes? How's it going? (laughs) Nice to see you. You're all darkly lit and looking dirty and scummy as usual. I hope you have settled your beef with uh, one Kermit the Frog. You want to know what happens when you kick Kermit in the front? In the, uh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Kermit the Frog in the nuts? What?
2: Tongue twister. What
0: happens? when you kick Kermit the Frog in the nuts? You get green acres. Oh <laughs> shit! Lame. Oh boy! Yeah, not funny. An, uh, it's a it's an oldie but a goodie. Look, everyone, welcome to the yes, show. That joke I like telling. you. <laughs> Anthony, uh, I got to thank the listener right away right now because uh, I feel like people have been spreading the word. I feel like we picked up a lot of new listeners, and I just want to take a second to welcome new people stumbling onto the show. Thanks for check- what the fuck
1: are you doing? Thanks for why checking us out. Show?
0: I don't know why or how you ended up here, but we're glad kind of you it. did because it gives me one of these geek boners. But look, I want to take a moment just to talk to the first time listener, let them know what's going to go down. So here... <laughs> The rundown. Uh, this is what happens. Uh, this is the Jock and Nerd Weekly. We're live on Blab and this is our weekly geek out session. We got tons of geek news that we're going to go over. Listener, you're going to love it. Then we're going to review some of our favorite comic book TV shows that aired this week, specifically the awesome two-parter season finale, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flash, Arrow, and the season finale of Legends of Tamari. And following <laughs> that up, we got some listener feedback, some show bits, and then we open it up and we geek out with you guys on the blab. And that's what happens. It's a lot of fun. We have so much shit to get to. We're going to get to the news right now. The and Podcast. Look, we got to start with a little bit of sad news, Rugs. I think uh, you will be with me on this one. The comic book world lost a huge talent uh, earlier this week. Yes, that it was Darwin Cook, I believe. Darwin Cook, the amazing uh, artist, writer, animator, storyteller with an amazing retro style. Uh, he uh, uh, was battling lung cancer, I guess, and he was only 53, which is tragic because the guy was amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you listener, if you've not heard of Darwin cook, just Google his name, go to the images page you'll be blown away. Uh, Ruggs, what do you think of Darwin's cook's style?
2: Oh, I love it. He is uh, the essence of economy of line. All right. This guy doesn't use any more lines than he needs to to tell the story. And he, it's very, very uh, meticulously picked out. And it's all the way he designs the characters. He uses that 40s retro uh, look yeah, you know, that we're used to, like those Fleischer cartoons from Superman and shit like that. And the Batman, he he actually worked on Batman the Animated Series, so he's Art Deco all the way.
0: The man has done lots of stuff. I mean, it, you're right. It is a classic and timeless style at the same time, which is what I love about this retro style. Anthony, are you familiar with Darwin Cook at all?
1: I have seen, uh, was it The New Frontier? Yes, The yeah. New that Frontier. Cover. So I am familiar with that cover specifically, and... Uh, yeah, it reminds me of a retro style. I'm not much of a art expert, so I'm going to leave it to you guys to judge his art, but well, I, I, just, I like gonna, what I saw. I
2: got Did re- you watch uh, Batman Beyond Anthony?
1: Uh s- yes, I did.
2: So he was kind of responsible. He's one of the main guys on that, too. He
0: designed nice. the opening animation. He worked on Batman the Animated Series. He designed Catwoman. Uh, I'm holding up right now for the people in Blab, New Frontier, trade paperback. If there's one thing I could re- recommend, pick up this book and then watch the movie. But the book is amazing. Like His art, it's the sweet spot between cartooning and illustration. And it's just magical, and uh, that's a big loss because he really only started in the comic book industry in, like, 2000. Like, he yeah. had so much more work and stories in him that uh, we're never going to see, so. And he was a cool guy, by yeah, the way. Yeah, apparently. went up to him at a convention
2: and talked to him. He was very friendly and very sociable. And he liked to tell
0: a good, dirty joke. That's, that's what I heard, that he was a really nice guy. Listener, check the show notes for this episode, Jockaner.com slash 103. There's going to be a bunch of links to articles with awesome covers and uh, other writers talking about Darwin Cook. And hopefully you pick up anything, you get anything that he did, it's really good. Like, you can't go wrong. Just buy anything Darwin Cook. Uh, next item, Godzilla fans, we had a couple of bits of news for uh, the U.S. – Godzilla coming out, Godzilla 2, and uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. The first thing is they pushed their release dates back. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Godzilla 2 is moving a whole goddamn year. Well, you can probably figure out why with the next bit of news. Then. With uh, from It's moving from June 8th, 2018 to March 22nd, 2019. Okay, And they also pushed back Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, actually, that just got a release date. It didn't have one before. May 29th. 2020. Now, the other bit of news that may relate to this is that Godzilla lost its director, Gareth Edwards. Oh, shit. I don't know. I I enjoyed the Godzilla. He uh He's working on a Star Wars movie. Maybe he's yeah. just burnt out with the big movies. What are your thoughts? Anthony, did you like uh, Gareth Edwards' work on Godzilla?
1: Yeah, I liked it. It's not like... So here's my thing with Gareth Edwards. He does a great job in show like angling the camera so that there's a huge sense of scale Yeah. so you can see you know God, like you're never not aware that this creature is fucking gigantic in Godzilla so he's he's good at that you can already see that in the Star Wars trailer with those giant things that I forget the names of in that the, trailer. Ad-ats. the adats, yeah where he shoots it like ground level straight up so that's great but I'm gonna be honest man I mean I liked Godzilla but I'm not exactly sad with this I don't know if it was the writing or the directing, but I felt like this movie never got out of like second gear. Rug so boy. I, I'm ready to see someone else. Yeah, it's not a big loss for me. Rugboy, boy, who would you uh, who would you pick? My my first name
2: is Del Toro. I mean, he did Pacific Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim was a fun fucking movie. It moved like like lightning. It wasn't boring. It was a kaiju it was, movie. It was a it was a Godzilla movie yeah. with a Godzilla in it. Yeah. The the only thing uh, that it, it lacked was a little bit of daytime shots and you know a little too much water action you know that was a lot of disguising going on in pacific rim because yeah. for lack of budget i would say
0: del toro would be great he'd make it bring you, it back you know to like unique a monster movie? That though,
1: too, yeah. or not unique i don't know is not the word but kind of cool is i believe pacific rim godzilla and king kong are all under the same banner So they could cross over if they wanted to very easily. It's a shared
0: universe, people, right? So, uh, yeah. Well, it's
1: not necessarily – it's not a shared universe
0: yet. Oh, well, they should just make it one. Uh, You want to know who else is doing nothing
2: and just sitting on his ass and it's a huge Godzilla fan? Yeah, who's that? Robert Rodriguez.
0: Ooh, right. Rodriguez. with would be a, like Godzilla with boobs. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and uh, like a machine gun for an arm. Yeah. And he'd yeah. just it'd be Godzilla wearing a bandolier. I think that'd be yeah, cool. He, well, I'd pay to watch that. Uh, could he handle a huge monster movie like that? Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, moving on to some Marvel movie news. I, Oof, let's go. I guess uh, producer, writer from Fox, Simon Kinberg, has, uh, he's kind of testing the fan's patience and the waters by saying hey we could uh, give us another shot at a fantastic four movie uh, is this right he wants the same cast and he's like ah we could make a brighter funnier movie with the same cast uh some of this a lot of this makes no sense to me what are your guys thoughts they didn't get the message like <laughs> no one saw this movie but nobody saw the the returns from the box office to make a yeah like
2: decision? no one wants this movie no one's gonna see it they're gonna be like fuck you like why
1: I, I think he's speaking on his own volition and not like from the studios. Yeah. You know, he's not as a brand ambassador. I don't think he's doing that. Um because as Rugboy said, I mean this this movie was not only was it horrible, it was like it didn't and it didn't make much money. It was horrible. It's not even horrible, it was beyond horrible. It's like Razzie level bad. So when a brand doesn't make money and has Razzie level recognition, then that brand is forever or is damaged for a long time. So there's no way they're making a sequel. Absolutely no way. Not for a while, at least. I mean, I get it. There's
0: the rights issue.
1: They got to like a couple right, of they years. Got a, they got to tease that they have to make a film. It's,
0: just, their, it's their right to, to make this decision. Yes, but how many times you got to fail at something? I just don't feel like you guys can pull this off. And I feel
1: like the only way to pull this off is to give it back to Marvel. I, th- well, they're not going to do that. I don't think. I, I, I hope that happens, but and that's more like that's way more likely than the X Men will ever get over to Marvel. But um, Fox and Marvel's relationship is a little more contentious than Sony and Marvel's. They ever are was. not buddies.
0: But that, I mean, if we want a quality Fantastic Four family movie about a family, uh, I feel like only, only the heads of Marvel would be able to understand it in this sense. So. I don't know. I think he's just kind of testing the reaction to to figure out what his next move should be with this property. They have it and they're like, what the fuck do we do now?
2: Like, just and, watch The Incredibles and just do what they exactly.
0: do. Or, exactly. Yeah, or give it to Brad Bird. You know what? Get the same cast. Hire Brad Bird to make your movie. The problem is you can't wash away the horribleness of these movies uh, to to make a fresh movie. Like It will always be tainted unless someone just when blows
1: I, it out of the park. Here's the thing that's going to – I mean you said get the same cast. They literally can't because – it's not that they can't but – when have you ever seen a movie do as badly as this did financially yeah. and critically and get a sequel? Unless it's like Sharknado or like sh- direct to TV bullshit, which this movie's not going to go direct to TV. Well, Twilight had a sequel. Twilight made a ton of money, though. This movie uh, didn't make a ton of money. Look, I'm still waiting for the Mac and me sequel. We're
2: still shitty, though.
1: It's still a shitty movie. I'm saying the combination of both shittiness and like Razzie level, like it's going to get nominated. I think it was nominated for Razzie. It's like, infamously
0: shitty. One. Like there's no, uh, there's nothing else. It's going like to go down
1: it. in like, like G Lee yes. and like street fighter legend of Chun Lee and like Comic all those horrible movie movies that history. everyone remembers. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's going to be remembered.
0: All right. Speaking of another movie that doesn't shock that people remember, uh, Captain America, civil war variety is reporting. That Disney Marvel has said Captain America has soared past a billion dollars at the worldwide box office. But I'm kinda confused cause if you look it up, it is it a billion? Is this right?
1: It will. It, it's semantics. It's going to hit a billion by the end of the weekend.
0: They, I've seen articles coming out saying it's sort past a billion, which would make it the 25th movie to do so at all time. It's going to join that billion-dollar movie club, and it's uh, the top gross of 2016 and the fourth Marvel MCU movie to pass a billion dollars, joining the Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Iron Man 3. Now, my question, though, I was thinking about this, and also Marvel, in eight years – 13 movies has made $10 billion. Oh, shit. Just think about that for a second. Disney paid $4 billion for Marvel and it yeah. netted them $10 billion. But Ruggs, in our civil war review, you did have an interesting point that I've been thinking about. And when you said that this may be the peak for Marvel movies, for Marvel storytelling, uh, but was Avengers the peak for the Marvel box office? Because it still holds the top at 1.5 billion. Will anything Marvel make in the future surpass it? Can they ever recreate that? Holy shit. They pulled this off. This is happening. Feeling that Avengers had that just made it this crazy success. Anybody?
2: I don't know. It's a tough. I mean, it's really tough because there's nothing new that's been left on the table yet. We have the Avengers. I mean, unless you get back the Fantastic Four and like Silver Surfer and all those guys back, like what? And the X-Men back, maybe. That would like, do that it. Would
0: be, that like, would do it.
2: If you had a yellow spandex Wolverine running around, banging everything that in sight, like he does in the comics, then maybe you'd get something. You know, maybe you'd get like uh, if you really did the legit stuff right out of the comic books, like pulled from the comics, you might get something like that. You know, it needs a wow factor.
1: That's the point.
0: Anthony, what do you think? You think the MCU can hit break one point five billion with any movies moving forward?
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. From my in my perspective, we brought up the debate if the Infinity War will be ever be better than the this movie, or if this any movies will be better. I think that's a different question than will it make more money. If you throw in, if you if Infinity War has like sixty, seventy comic book characters, like they're teasing, that could do it also. Yeah, that could do it, and yeah. and especially if these next like movies that are come out, it's Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Guardians Two, Spider Man, Thor, all those movies, if they do well. Like the momentum is gonna be so high for Infinity War that Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Easily yeah. And and you have to factor in what that's three two, three years away. Prices are gonna go up with in regard in tickets. You know, inevitably in two years, they'll go up. 3D will be more expensive. Everything will be more expensive. So I see it, it definitely could crack up 1.5.
0: And man, what we've heard about those upcoming Phase 3 movies, movies—they it sounds amazing. Each one, even Thor. And we'll get to that in a second. In Captain America, we met the awesome Chadwick Boseman playing T'Challa as Black Panther. Unbelievable in the role as Black Panther. Moved like a cat, quiet and silent. Well, we got some casting news for the Black Panther solo movie. Uh, Michael B. Jordan joining the cast of Black Panther oh, yeah. as a villain. People, Anthony, isn't this weird? Do you see Michael B. Jordan as a bad guy? Is he going to be White Tiger? He could that's be White, white Tiger. There's a the White Tiger. White. Yeah, there's a White. There's a bunch of uh, There's a bunch of weird bad guys in Black Panther universe. I, I had
1: heard White Wolf, but I don't know if there's it's a White, white Tiger Wolf too. I think.
0: Wolf. I think
1: yeah. Okay. Do I think it's weird? I wish. Michael B. Jordan just for selfish reasons because I saw Creed. I don't know if I've acknowledged this on the show, but I saw Creed, and Creed is fucking amazing. So I wanted him secretly to be a hero just so we could see his face more often because Marvel has this way of killing off their villains in one movie. But uh, I mean, I love the casting. I love. There's also I don't know if we mentioned this last week. Lupita Nyong. Lupita this Nyongo's movie. got cast too. Yeah, I mean, she's this- <laughs> rumored to be casted. There was also I think it got debunked as of yesterday, but John Boyega. Oh, from Star Wars I, was rumored. I was going to, I, and, gonna, and they, I would like, love to runs. see,
0: uh, look, here's the thing. The big headline was, oh, Black Panther, 80 to 90% African cast. Well, no shit. That shouldn't be a headline. If you know anything about Black Panther, it takes place in Africa. These are African characters. Of course it's going to be black, but the the cast is amazing. Well, don't say
1: that. E- Gods of Egypt was predominantly white cast. Well,
0: that's when you do it wrong. That's when you make <laughs> yeah. a movie and you put a slice of Wonder Bread over the lens and you smear <laughs> some mayonnaise and you throw some Parmesan cheese and then you film the movie Right. That's what happens. Not so here because, again, I love when a director has a guy that he brings with him in his journey and they both grow. This being Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan from Fruitvale Station to Creed to this movie. The best thing I read was this article where Ryan Coogler said this is going to be his most personal movie yet. I mean, he's taking a Marvel superhero movie and he's like, I'm going to put all my whole self into this. And I love hearing it that for him to go. This is a very personal movie for me. I think the relationships, the characters are going to be top notch. Ruggs comment. Well, you know, you had a a great black superhero in Blade. All right.
2: And that that was a great movie. But I think this is even more close up because it takes place in Africa. You're going to have a predominantly black cast. You know, this is a big deal for for him, probably. You know, it's a lot of responsibility to get this right. So, you know,
0: you got to knock it out of the park. Plus, this is the first time that it's not a white dude. As a main uh, person in the MCU, if you look, sure. the, the, it's all white male leads. So, despite the fact that DC may beat them with the first female uh, lead movie, first female team movie, the diversity that the MCU is now finally bringing onto the big screen, but that they've had on the small screen already, is phenomenal. And we need to see more of that on the big screen. Anthony, comment?
1: Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, with all this casting news with Black Panther, I'm almost sad that it got pushed back because of Spider-Man. It's now coming out in 2018 instead of... It was supposed to come out next year.
0: Oh, Spider-Man, it took July... July 2017 was the original date?
1: No, no, Spider-Man pushed back Thor, which oh, pushed back Black Panther. Uh, oh, yeah, it had a ripple but, effect. I mean, yeah, it had a ripple effect. But, I mean, the, with the casting news, and with yeah. the director, and we'll get to more casting news with other Marvel movies, but this movie it, it has so much hype behind it already that I... Ryan Coogler – I'm not surprised that Ryan Coogler would say he's putting his all into this because this is this is his shot at proving that he can be this summer movie blockbuster director along with awesome characters and award-winning actors and actresses.
0: Can't wait. OK. Now time for some – Geek boner. Spider-Man news. That gives me a geek boner. Uh, Anthony, you sent over uh, – you sent it to Rugs too – this, yep. uh, possibly spoilery. I'm going to paste this link in the chat here. It'll be in the show notes. Possible homecoming plot details leak online from 4chan. Why don't you uh, explain what this 4chan is and how these things work?
1: I wasn't all that familiar with 4chan before, maybe a, a month ago. And I guess it's some forum or anonymous forum where people leak shit all the time. Um, and so porn. This could, and it, porn. The best and porn love.
0: you can find, 4chan. <laughs> Check
1: it out. But, uh, but, um, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Um, I saw this come out, and I immediately texted Imran and Rugboy about it, and I read the plot. And if it's bullshit, which it could be very likely bullshit, it's fantastic bullshit.
0: Whether it's (laughs) fanfic or not, uh, uh, listener, I think you can click and read it. Because what is their track record, Anthony? You looked up the Civil War plot leak.
1: Yeah, well, you had I think well, a week ago or two weeks ago on the show you had leaked from Four Chan like the Marvel's up all those plans. rumors,
0: yeah, right.
1: But I looked up uh, Civil War and it came out April twenty fifteen. Their leak, yeah, and the movie was totally off from what we saw on screen. So take that for what it's worth. Also, though Four Chan is not one person, it's you know it can be anonymous in anyone. So take it for what it's worth. It wasn't right about Civil War.
0: Wow, Jordan uh, the Pie says we had Four Chan raid one of our blabs when we had Russo on there once. Ooh, they're like uh, they're like some crazy anonymous team. But look, check this thing out. It's actually. Did you guys read it? I read it. Rugs, did you read it?
2: Yes, I. And I took mine
0: with a grain of paprika, a uh, l-
2: little and <laughs> a
0: dash of cumin. Yeah, I, well,
2: I want to know a what about writing, oh, boys. gosh. What'd you think? Uh, listen, Ruggs?
0: Uh, it's
2: really funny because if, you know that this is written by a fan. In my opinion, I don't think it's real because it's too good. It's too good. It makes too much sense. Yep, they would never and, and do this. There's no, there's no fingerprints of like some suit on this
0: thing. So wait, rugs. Then this is the perfect time for me to play this.
2: My spider shits are tingling. Exactly. <laughs> so I have a feeling that it's 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 a fan made thing. It's not real because it's too good. Like they should look at this and go, "Hey, this is probably in direction we should go in
0: because it didn't seem clunky." No. Absolutely. It incorporated the MCU into Spider-Man's mythology really well. It's got the vulture in there, but I also, I don't think this is uh, anywhere close to what it's going to be. Why? Because a whole bunch of casting and news and and costume rumors have just broken. I have one article here that says Marvel's considering adding Kingpin to Spider-Man Homecoming which could possibly be the first TV-to-MCU big-screen crossover, right? We've never had that before. That would be awesome. And it would make perfect sense. D'Onofrio is a television and film-level actor. He would easily make the transition. But bigger than that, I got another scoop about the villains and uh, some of the tech we may see. They're saying that the Vulture is still rumored to be the primary villain, but he's not going to be the only bad guy. Michael Keaton rumored to play the Vulture a month ago. When out of negotiation, they're saying it's still going to be the Vulture, and they're going to add the Tinkerer, who's going to help him with some of the tech. And then what's really clever uh, is that the Tinkerer will help him build the suit with recovered Shatari tech from the Battle of New York from the Whoa. first Avengers movie. Geek boner. Makes, Makes sense. perfect sense. So, and the Tinkerer is the dog that pees on The Tinkerer. Oh, I hate the Tinkerer. He's just got to follow him around with a. Fucking wash rag. And speaking of suits, we've seen Spider-Man's new suit in Civil War. And uh, supposedly, allegedly, there's going to be upgrades for homecoming. Tony Stark is in the movie. And we saw that he gave him the a little a new web shooter with a spider signal. So we're going to get that. We're going to get old school Spider-Man toys. And we might get the Spider-Man underwebbing in the armpits so he can kind of glide around. Which is so old school from like Spider-Man 1. From the original uh, Steve Ditko, Stanley design. What do you think about spider, that? Race?
2: Spider pits. You're gonna assemble. Have, <laughs> I
0: don't know what that means. I always, uh, those things always, been, I love drawing them when I would draw Spider-Man, but people would always ask. They'd be like, it confused many people. They're like, why does he have those webs under his arm? Uh, Anthony, you know what I'm talking about? These underarm webs?
1: I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That, though, is so old. Yeah. That, like, that's that's just playing up to like the old school fans. None. I'll speak for every fucking millennial. When I say that look is not something we register with Spider-Man anymore at all.
0: It's like so it's old. All. It's going to be new again. So it could really work and it can add an element of, you know, kind of when uh, Batman and uh, the Nolan movies, his Cape kind of helped him glide. It could add a little bit of gliding motion. I just think visually, I always thought it looked cool. It didn't make any sense. But it looked cool. See, see, <laughs> I think it they makes call sense. It spider
2: pits, though. Spider pits. See,
1: I, I actually oh, think yeah. it makes sense in oh. terms of like a gliding aspect. I think it actually just doesn't look cool at all. That's why they took it out and they've kept it streamlined forever. Yeah, yeah. They've never occasionally. So the opposite, the opposite of what you just said, Imran. I think it is practical. I how thinking- far, how far down do you think the pits go? By the way, Imran. Oh, you mean
0: in the in the actual like practical elbow, thing?
2: Elbow, elbow to butt.
0: Like oh, no, no. It's gotta go like just before the elbow to like the side of your torso, like to your ribs or something. I don't know.
2: Oh, okay. Like, like, yeah, that's that's not
0: gonna do shit. No, I know, because but it can't be like a giant squirrel suit parachute thing. That would be ridiculous. It's gotta be subtle. No, it'll be Stark Tech. It'll be like yeah. you won't even
2: see it, and it'll just pop out and it'll be like a homage to the spider pit.
0: Uh, I like that. It'll just disappear when it's not there, just like yeah. uh Hawk Girl's wings on Legends of Tomorrow. It'll be some snarky Stark tech. Uh, final awesome news about Spider-Man Homecoming. Turns out, uh, one Michael Keaton, he's back in negotiations to play the Vulture. Oh, shit. Uh, I think he, uh, took a look at all the money Marvel's making, and he was like, oh, wait, what the fuck am I doing? This is, uh, this is a no-brainer. Plus, Anthony, you mentioned, I think, uh, RDJ's negotiations are finally done, so the monies are now more available to, to split up.
1: Well, no, 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 that's not what it was. It was, he... RDJ jumped onto this and it was they didn't think they could afford both RDJ and Michael Keaton on this film but I guess they've found some money in their pocket and uh, decided they'll pay Michael Keaton as well
0: oh yeah which is uh, I think that's great bring him in I mean just uh, from Batman to Birdman to Vultureman great addition to the MCU what do you think Ruggs are you, still, you, you excited to see Keaton he should say I'm Batman at some point he should world. always say I'm Batman no matter yeah, what he, he should
2: just who are you I did. You should just I'm pause, Batman. and then you think he's gonna say "I'm Batman," and he doesn't <laughs> say anything. But you should just have that one pause there.
1: Well, he should like what, or you could do like something where he gets his wings, and he's figuring out his name, and he's like, "I'm Bat." Nah, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah,
0: Birdman, Batman. Itself. Oh
1: my yeah, god! Oh, I'm, get... I'm Batman. No, he's like, I'm Birdman. I'm Bat. No, no, no. I'm Bat. No. Oh,
0: <laughs> 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 that would be really. <laughs> that would be great. That would be That'd a be great Easter in, in, in line with yeah. kind of that fun Spider-Man tone, right? Absolutely. All right, more casting news that just broke today confirmed new members of Thor, Ragnarok, and cast. We know who they are and who they're going to be. So, uh, it starts out confirming what we had talked about. Kate Blanchett will play the primary villain, Hela, the Asgardian goddess of death. And there's, like, new concept art featuring her. Meanwhile, Jeff Goldblum will play Grandmaster— A cosmic character from the comic books. He's like an Avengers villain, and he likes to play games. He's masters of games, uh, which could possibly be cool to lead into like a Planet Hulk arena type thing. And Carl Urban playing uh, Scourge, is it? Scourge, yep. Who is Scourge, Anthony? He's like an Asgardian bodyguard.
1: yeah, he's like uh, Enchantress's bodyguard. If you remember from Earth's Mightiest Avengers, he was that big guy, like just a big lackey with a beard and like bald with a huge axe. Oh, oh. Usually he's with Enchantress, but they could easily rewrite that to have her that have him scourged. with
0: Scourge. They they will be joining, of course, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, and Sir Anthony Hopkins. And uh Man, I uh I can't believe Jeff Goldblum is gonna be in a Thor movie. What do you got, Brooks? what do you think of this? I can't wait to hear his Jeff Goldblumness. I wish I could do a Maybe good like, Jeff Goldblum. I was trying to practice all day. It's really hard. It's
2: just like snart, but like yeah. less snarty. <laughs> like it's more like kinda of like yeah.
0: But, but I think, like, it would totally fit this role. Uh, by the way, these names are a little bit like DC comic book type names, like Grandmaster. Really? that's uh, I don't like that name. But I could see him being kind of like a mischievous, kind of like Loki, uh, you know, setting up games and playing, manipulating people. And uh, it'll be fun. So, man, now that movie, this might be like the best Thor movie yet. Also, it came out. Natalie Portman, not in the movie. And the reason is... 80 to 90% of this movie will occur in space and it'll occur in eight of the other nine uh, realms. So barely any earth stuff. This is going to be a crazy, like space cosmic buddy, buddy film. Uh, I can't wait. Taika Waititi, bring it. Geek boner.
1: Hopefully this is the Thor movie that breaks the mold because in all honesty, the first two Thor movies were okay. Not great. So hopefully this is the one that's actually pretty good. They have a talented director. They have a, a pretty awesome cast, although they've had awesome casts in the past. But, you know, we'll see. What I like about what Marvel's doing, this is just an overall thought on these casting announcements, is they're getting, like, all the big names to do these films, even if they're just, like, cameos, and they're getting really talented up and coming directors. Like, I really like the direction this is all going in. And I have to point out, too, Marvel has basically locked down the entire cast of Creed to be in Marvel movies.
0: That's awesome. Where
1: is everybody? Why don't you, uh, so you uh, break you it got out? Tessa Thompson, who is in Creed, the, the love interest, who's playing Valkyrie and Thor Ragnarok. Yep. You got Michael Lee Jordan, who's now in Black Panther as yep. a villain. Ryan Coogler, yep, is in Black Panther. He's the director. And Stallone, last I checked, was going to be in Guardians got of the Galaxy 2. Gar-
0: That's awesome. So, that's
1: what. And yeah, <laughs> Stallone got and Kurt right. Russell.
0: And Kurt, dude, MCU has absorbed the whole cast of that movie. But look, I, awesome. these names are seeing other names be in these movies, get huge, have a lot of fun. And why are you be like, I want
1: a piece of this? I want to play. This is now a mainstream thing. You know. You know what the turning point I think was, and I, they they'd gotten big names before. They Robert had, like,
0: Redford and Captain America: Winter Soldier.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. Nailed
0: it! I would have nerd!
1: I would have maybe appointed Anthony Hopkins, but Robert Redford was the huge get when but they got even, him to come yeah. over.
0: But when Kenneth Branagh doing the first Thor, that to me yeah, blew my true, mind. True. I was like, what? Mr. Shakespeare doing Thor? And it, and it was really good. But, uh, like you said, hopefully this can redeem the Thor movies. Them being some of the weakest movies. Well, you, you
1: got, like, Robert Redford coming over and I think after that they announced Glenn Close being in Guardians. And those were like, whoa, like in a comic book movie, those yeah. two people. We'll, we'll get all De- I need to do is get Steven Seagal in there involved. <laughs> oh no, please! And then no. Then we got something going. <laughs> Lame.
0: That's going the
1: other way, rugs. Uh, oh really? What? The Sean me- could have been like Batroc if they didn't already cast Batroc. Yeah.
0: Look, we'll we'll get a De Niro in there soon, maybe. <laughs> Who would be like the biggest actor, like that you could get?
2: The De Caprio.
1: DeCrapio? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that actually... He would be the biggest name. Denzel? He would
2: be a great J. Jonah Jameson. DeCrapio? I had read...
1: Uh, where did I see? Matthew McConaughey was in talks to play something. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think he was in talks to play the Vulture. I think they approached him also in this.
3: Oh, uh, right. Possibly. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Norman Osborne.
0: Norman Osborn. Yes. And I think oh, that,
3: would that would be play. fucking awesome. He would yeah. be great. Like, awesome. hey,
0: hey, hey. What's up, Harry? Peter? He's got
1: that perfect, like... <laughs> good looking guy, but fucking sleazy as shit like Norton Osborne, Yeah. <laughs> Way better looking than what's his name? Well William Dafoe. What about Cranston? Oh,
0: Cranston would be great in a uh superhero movie. We'll get them all. They're all gonna get in there. They're seeing how much fun people are having.
1: Between DC and Marvel. Oh, yeah. I mean Marvel's killing it, but DC's got a lot of casting things that they gotta do too. So
0: speaking of DC, let's move on to some DC movies and comics news. Warner Brothers is developing a Harley Quinn spin-off movie. And I don't know, I'm kind of torn about this. Uh, I like it because apparently Margot Robbie got really deep into research for this role. And she discovered like Batgirl and Birds of Prey and how awesome, all the awesome female characters DC has. And then kind of spearheading this. So that's cool. She's passionate. I don't like it because we haven't seen her do the movie yet. What if it sucks? Then now you just shot yourself in the foot. Guys, what do you think?
1: I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be excited. I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan. I think she's a funny character when she's used right, but I don't know how she's going to play Harley Quinn. I like Margot Robbie in uh, Wolf of Wall Street because she was fucking hot. Yeah. But uh, until I see her performance, I can't be excited about another Harley Quinn film if I haven't seen the first one.
2: I'm trying to pinpoint the where the popularity of Harley Quinn really exploded. I mean, she was uh, she was annoying to me on Batman the Animated Series. I mean, even, I mean, even though she was the perfect sidekick for Joker, you know, but like, she wasn't like, I want to see her. I'm like, I, you know, she's an, she's a bad guy. She's nothing interesting to me. I want to buy a comic book with her starring in it. You I know what I like mean?
1: Wasn't she created for that animated series? Yeah. Like, I, don't think yeah. She, so I think that's where I,
2: she blew up, right? I think no, the video games, they put her in those slutty costumes, yeah, in, the video games. That, in, like, in like the corsets and stuff. That's a good point. And, the and cosplay too. And then, then, then that, that went into the cosplay and that's where it explodes. Cause the girls can go, Oh, I can wear something slutty and be Harley Quinn. And it's like, she's like the female Joker
0: that, yeah, you that's how, I mean? yeah. And that's like that, you know, it, it, I think it taps into female empowerment and, you know, taking control of the situation, but is this going to be like an anti-hero movie? Or? Is she though
1: feeling female empowerment because her whole motive is to please another man. Yeah, that's not female empowerment. Well, that's why you got. She was a yeah.
2: successful psychiatrist until she met the Joker and right. then she became obsessed with him. Right.
0: It, well, in some of her like the solo comic books, she's not with the Joker. And you do kind of get a little bit more of her on her own, uh, kind of, uh, you know, trying to do the right thing, but also being crazy. It's a, it's a hard tone. Like, what do you do with this character? It's Deadpool. I was going to say the 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 reason why it's popular is very similar to the Deadpool. It's an antihero it's a badass character. I just wish they waited till the movie came out, and then people would be like, "We love Harley Quinn, and then you'd have this thing oh by the way, she's got a movie coming out, and then you really hype it up, so uh, I just hope they haven't bitten themselves. I Maybe hate to the be the likes it. it.
1: Well, I was going to say, Rugboy did bring that up. So I, I hate to be that asshole that's hating on DC and people call me a DC hater, but it is because the studio apparently thinks she killed it in this role that they want to do this and she's pushing for it. But this is also the same studio that gave a rounding a standing applause to Batman v. Superman. And then, so like, I don't trust yeah. their fucking judgment at all right now. Yeah, they're
0: surprised that the reaction to BVS. Uh, uh, some of this makes me nervous. Now, we do have some early reactions to Suicide Squad. I guess oh, it nice. just screen test last night at a Century 25 Union City and XD in Union City, California. Well, and, yeah. and I don't know if it was completely finished. Uh People saying things like, saw Suicide Squad today, it met my expectations, can't wait for the actual release, I recommend everyone go see Suicide Squad, but then uh, they're saying, some people say Margot Robbie made a perfectly crazy Harley Quinn, Will Smith is an amazing dead shot, Killer Croc produced some big laughs, but I'm seeing more of like, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, pretty good. It's
2: interesting. Mm, Wow. that sounds better than Batman Vs. Superman. Already. Yeah,
0: and it's weird that they uh, had this kind of test screening. Speaking of more of uh, the shakeup uh, that Batman Vs. Superman has caused over at DC Warner Brothers, I think we, us guys, were finally getting our wish in the structure of the how they handle these movie properties. Uh, running the show for the DC side of things at Warner Brothers will be current executive VP John Berg— and Jeff Johns, DC's uh, CCO, who launched uh, New Fifty Two and all that. Now, nowhere in any of this do I see Zack Snyder's name, which is why I give that Nerd. two thumbs up so far.
2: Whoa, I like That's it. A step in the right direction. I
1: think so too.
0: I mean, Jeff Johns has uh, come out and said, which is pretty ridiculously saying this now. He's like, "Yeah, we're going to." Uh, he's like, "We're gonna put more hope and optimism into these movies." Oh no, shit! You think? This I hell? think he
1: actually said it in reference to the comics because he's in charge of Rebirth. And then people were like, well, he's inev- inevitably saying this because he probably means the movies as well. Um, well, I think the whole future of
0: uh, probably overall the DC brand. Yeah, I don't it, I don't
2: think he could just sprinkle some hope on it and make it better. <laughs> you know, mean, like it's not the hope. That's the problem. It's the fact that the, nothing that they write makes any fucking sense. And their stories are convoluted
0: and, and dumb. Wait, you can't apply like a hope filter or plug yeah, in and post? you can't just be
2: like, yay! You can't be like, ah, oh, let's, let's fight crime. It's and then a... everybody will love it, you know. Crank up what, the what, optimism. What will happen
1: is Superman will come out of the grave just immediately smiling from year to year. And you'll and be like, oh, he's hopeful again. We're cool. He's like, I need a bubble bath.
0: <laughs> Look, Jeff Johns at least gets the characters. He is like the Kevin Feige we need over at Warner Brothers. And like you said, Anthony, DC's rebirth, it's starting next week. He's written Rebirth number one, and he's also said that that's going to be the last comic book he writes for a little while. So I like that. He's going to be focusing all of his talents and skills over at the uh, DC on screen.
1: Well, not only that, I like that he's doing it, and he's, he's great. I liked a lot of his work. There's some people that don't like his work. Yeah. I've read some stuff out yeah. there. Um, but I just like that it's not a bunch of suits like, running it, it's not a committee, like a boardroom, like, you know, a. Looking at like looking at their stocks and being like, oh, maybe if we put Cyborg here, this will raise our stock twenty percent. No, you need someone that had a vision or has some sort of vision, an outline for how this is all supposed to go. And I, at least this is a step in the right direction. Hopefully, you know, with him becoming a producer, I think on Justice League. Affleck's come, becoming a producer yeah, he's, just like, and he's
0: also working on Batman with him so, this is so all good they're all stuff. getting a little bit
1: more involved in everything.
0: Although he was also involved with uh, Green Lantern so yeah, sometimes yes, those skills yeah. don't translate well. Uh, Frank Miller writing Robocop 3, I'm looking at you <laughs> <laughs>
2: Worst movie ever
0: Worst movie <laughs> oh, yeah. ever All right, DC's shaking up a lot of things guys. Over on the comic book side well pretty much the whole brand they've rebranded they have a new logo. Uh, Rugs, have you seen this logo? This is uh, uh, the seventh. I think it has a D and a C on it. I, I think D. if you could guess. Is that a C <laughs> or is that a G? <laughs> you Okay, so you bring up a couple of good points, Anthony. There's So there's all the DC logos in the box, the six before. Uh, my, yeah. So before we get to the new one, my favorite is in the 70s. And you can kind of tell when these logos change. Uh, is when they kind of rebooted the universe. So in the 70s, it was a very classic retro logo. The one in 1976 is – Yes, that's the best one. That is the best one. That's actually uh, designed by uh, amazing designer Milton Glaser. And that one, if you notice, lasted the longest. That one you know the most. Then they changed it again in 2005 and then they changed it again in 2011, which most people uh, refer to as the toilet bowl logo where there's a D peeling back over the C. I, I didn't. And that logo was. That's
2: oh, the worst logo I've ever seen. By I've the way. never that heard was of that. That was a piece that's of horrible. shit. That was a piece of shit logo. Once somebody that's said toilet, thing.
0: yeah, because once you say toilet bowl, you see the toilet bowl right there. Oh Looking at it, God,
2: that's it's, amazing. to yeah, take taking shit right in it right now. So uh, hold on, let me spread my cheeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this new logo, moving forward, is it's well, we just have a flat blue version. It's the letters DC with a couple of interesting. Uh, chunks uh, taken out of it. A couple of little triangle cutouts. First of all, overall look, it's very simple. What do you guys think of the logo? Just general thoughts. Well,
1: they're look. They're. It looks like they're trying to call back to that 1972 logo. Yes. with the red. It's very retro. Um, but I don't. It, I just don't understand why the the D and the C are so not real letters. I don't understand what the fuck that is. Uh, rugs. What do you What do you think?
2: I'm trying. I haven't really analyzed it. That much, but it, yeah, it's it's weird. There's a varsity kind of logo. It looks kind of like Spider-Man's eyes. look like a face.
0: So it's kind of interesting. First of all, you gotta understand we're just looking at this flat 2D. We haven't seen it in all the applications. Not sometimes not the best way to look at a design. But Jim Lee has said that there's meaning. There's more that meets the eye to this logo, according to Jim Lee. Uh, the new logo, which coincides with the launch of Rebirth, is meant to evoke the insignia of DC's biggest heroes, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. He said the nooks and angles are meant to evoke the Superman S, the Wonder Woman W emblem, and the Bat logo. Okay, I see the S. I kind of see the Bat logo. I don't see no fucking Wonder Woman thing at all. Anybody see any Wonder Woman thing? Well, I guess the – the do you see boobs? The negative no, space I'm, could. be... I don't I see think. any like the. I don't know. I don't know about. This. I think
1: maybe the the curve and the D and the C like that makes a kind of a V. Uh, I, I'm grasping for straws there. I don't know.
0: I see some of it. I think he was just making shit up. I think they just
1: need to go back to the nineteenth.
0: <laughs> I think that if you years.
2: have to look more than five seconds, and you don't see it. It's not there.
0: Uh, Jordan the pie says it does look like Spider Man, uh, and then Jordan off, said offhand,
1: how, "How display up some cleavage? How does it?" Uh, <laughs> Has Marvel changed their logo all that much? Because I feel like Marvel's had that same one for a long time. Well, look,
0: they have. And, you know, to counterpoint this, Marvel's logo is pretty plain. It's just the word Marvel on red, but it's become iconic because of how they used it in front of all the movies because of the motion treatment in the 3D version. It's clean, but it's uh, really just Marvel on red. And they haven't – they've had that for a while. I think they've had that ever since, like, the MCU started,
1: I feel. I I feel like they've had it even – I remember seeing that same logo on comics like in the 90s.
0: Jordan says the D and the C is Wonder Woman's boobs. I'll buy it. Geek woman? Sure. One side. Sure. And, and uh, Cutie Pie says one side is bigger than the other, which is, if you know Wonder Woman, she's uneven. We're all uneven.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, crazy? not crazy, but what's kind of weird about this logo is they're going for that clean look, but then they made the D and the C super detailed and like a D and a C or some of the like simplest letters in our alphabet yeah
0: but there's nothing i've seen they're really hard letters to design together in a logo because of the fact that it's a d and a c they're big bold round letters you can't really squeeze one into the other or do anything it's very tricky which is why i love the classic 70s just dc circle some stars
1: loved it do they still call it dc comics because if they do isn't that redundant
0: Uh, no yeah that would be detective comics comics Comics, comics, wouldn't it And I always like, do you, do you think people just know when you go DC? Well, are you talking about Washington, DC? You're talking about fucking uh, DC comics? You have to, but then it's redundant. It's just like chai tea, people. Uh, if you don't know, the word chai in Urdu, which is what I speak, Pakistani, means tea. So <laughs> chai tea is TT. You give me chai. You give me chai. You bastard, <laughs> Pablo, honey. You wipe your ass. Uh, all right. Uh, so this whole rebirth thing's <laughs> kicking off May twenty fifth. Uh, pick. Up, I'm gonna pick up the first one and read it and see. Maybe we'll talk about what the hell's going on. But moving on to DC TV news, uh, we had last week. We talked about uh, Supergirl moving to Vancouver, joining the CW. Uh, And joining the Arrow, Flaro, Legends-verse, one big happy universe, they've already planned, like, a mega crossover. How awesome would that be, dude? Monday through Thursday, four days in a row, you have a chapter of an awesome superhero team crossover with Legends and Arrow and Flash. This gives me Geek Booner for this. What do you guys think? I hear birds. <laughs> exactly speaking of birds uh calista flockhart she may not be going with the show because of the oh, fact, really? yeah because she lives in la they shot in la uh-huh. when it came up that it may move to vancouver she's like i don't know if i'm gonna go. good that's actually good but she was uh she was great she was like one of the best actors on the show absolutely but
2: i think that her working for cat grant in that office in that weird mystery office that she yeah. gets
0: yeah maybe they can just kill that whole thing and change it and make her something else
2: yeah
1: she's gonna be um, like hey
2: look she gave me an office with no windows i think it's a diss <laughs> and then she'll
1: leave
0: she put me in a closet yeah
1: hopefully unlike last season the villain is worth them crossing over because as we saw in legends of tomorrow vandal savage was just a fucking piece of shit villain
0: A little bit, and uh, we got a very satisfying conclusion to that, though, let me tell you what. And we will get to that after this one last bit of Marvel TV news. This bit I love. It's basically Daisy, Chloe Bennett, fucking calling out the whole MCU movie TV situation uh, and pretty much saying what we've been saying, what the viewers have been saying. When Bennett had this to say, when asked if Hive was such a big threat... Why wouldn't the Avengers get involved right? Good question. She goes, I don't know people who make people who make movies for Marvel, why don't you acknowledge what happens on our show? Why don't you guys go ask them that because they don't seem to care. Uh, it was also mentioned to Bennett that Shield doesn't cross over in the MCU, but would she want to? She said, I would love that. The Marvel Cinematic Universe loves to pretend that everything is connected, but they don't acknowledge our show at all. so I would love to do that, but they don't seem. Too keen on that idea. Oh shit! Holy shit! I love that she's just calling out uh, her own company that she works for. It's great. Well, you know,
2: we've heard this, but just in different wording from other executives.
0: I love that. It fr- it. I love that it frustrates the cast. Like it's gotten to that level where they're like, "God damn it!" Because I'm sure they want they want in on these. I mean, fucking if you're movies. on a show, would you would you really like
2: want it to be tied to something else? Don't you want it to be its own thing? Like, why is it so much I, I, a thing?
1: I think it's got to. It's like the shit or shit or get off the plot sort of thing. Where if you're gonna say it's all connected, you you better fucking connect it more than just the way they've done it now, or you go the other way and not connect it at all. And I think they're stuck in like this limbo of yeah, we're connected, but we're trying to do our own thing. You can't um, say – exactly.
0: It, you can't – Yeah, so
1: it just it just looks bad either way right now.
0: You lose the hashtag. It's all connected if you're going to pull the shit. But what I really loved about this article, it goes on to say that maybe she should really be blaming Ike Perlmutter, the uh, former head of uh, the thing. Well, if the he's Marvel's as big an CEO. asshole
1: as everyone reports he is, then yeah. he's probably really not happy with these comments, and she probably – uh, did not do good, make or uh, make a smart decision in terms of her career on TV with Marvel.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens with her character next season. But check this out. This is what Mutter is said to have been responsible for. No female Marvel movies. No female Iron Man 3 villain. Apparently, Aldrich Killian was supposed to be a woman. And Pearl is like, no, they're not going to sell toys like that. We're not doing it. Cancellation of X-Men and Fantastic 4 comics due to feud with Fox Studios. Cancellation of X-Men and Fantastic for merchandise over feud with Fox Studios. He's the reason why Joss Whedon left Marvel following Avengers 2. Reason for Avengers 2 not doing as well as hoped. Reason why no Iron Man 4... Uh, and uh, a bunch of other things. Promoter forced in an humans movie. This guy. He's a pearl motherfucker. So, he's <laughs> a that pearl motherfucker. <laughs> <get> a-
1: Hopefully, <laughs> they, they can get him out of the TV side. Then, if he's this big an asshole. Yes, get him out of. He's still involved in TV though. He actually runs the Mar- like all of Marvel. He something. he's Marvel like he CEO and then
0: Jeff Loeb is like the TV head of the TV side but he well, has to answer he oversees, yeah.
1: yeah, he oversees the TV as well.
0: He's got to no. an answer to
1: him. Uh, he's Did you say he's the reason that they've like phased out Fantastic Four yeah. and X-Men in the yep, comics, yeah.
0: over I mean he he's probably one of the big reasons for this feud with Fox yeah. that they're not going to get along. So, until then, no X-Men in the MCU and maybe some Inhumans. All right, gang, that's the news. We got some awesome TV shows to discuss. Let's move ahead. The Drunk the Drunk Drunk and Nerd Podcast. Podcast. Oh boy, here's your first spoiler. Alert. For the episode we are about to discuss the two-part season finale of the third season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. titled Absolution. And Ascension, lots of A names, a lot of like biblical references. Uh Let's go over what we liked and then what we didn't like. And uh I'll start with I love Fitz in the fucking mocap green screen scene in the very beginning, pretending to play the general and doing like uh mouth exercises and just looking silly. That was great. That was cool.
2: I was like... Uh, my play, to, my all night is playing. Uh, look at the patch
0: on the shoulder. That was what I was, I was playing. <laughs> Not only that, they were playing hot potato with that goddamn cross. Yeah, knowing full well that we know. Like I, I kind of loved how they were teasing us, but it was also getting annoying. I was like, oh god damn it! Now the cross is somewhere else. Where's the cross? Where's the patch? Hot potato. It was
1: totally yeah, hot potato.
0: It was, it was hot potato, and then who was wearing the shield crest
2: on their shoulder? If it fits for a while, then someone else, yeah. and there was
0: another guy. I love the opening, like, tight spy mission scene right in the beginning where they kind of re- resolved the, uh, the warhead thing uh, with uh, getting those codes and running over there. That was going to fun. A lot of... Secure the uplink! Gotta get the uplink! Get to the uplink! Something about an uplink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like open a socket on 24.
1: We're running out of time. I like the uh, the mind scramble they did on Hive. Oh, yeah. Was very clever. They had some black lights there, some UV lights and shit. And fuck- I mean, the way it was designed looked like shit. But the the, the effect was cool Dude, with him, like, yeah. saying lines from his past. And he's like, what the fuck am I they saying? Fried
0: right. Now? His brains. And he's reliving all the people's memories that he had saying them out loud. Doesn't really know where he is. I was like, oh, shit. They fucked him up. Good. That was pretty good.
2: They disoriented him.
1: There you go.
0: But uh, I liked Radcliffe. The Dr. Radcliffe was pretty funny. And uh, he, like, from the beginning where Hive's like, look, you're no longer needed. He's like, no, no, don't kill me. I'll figure out how to get the codes. Even though he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, and, and then he plays an important part all the way to the very, very end, the stinger of this episode. So I think we're going to see direct. more. We're going to see more Radcliffe. I
1: mean, the overall show
0: was good. That's um, a great twist. There was a lot of good, uh, good lot action of good and twists twist all the way through.
1: Sky fighting, like doing the like shield thing where she's throwing punches, but then she's incorporating her quake, ness. Yeah, um, was actually pretty clever. I thought that was well done.
0: What do you think of Sky's whole arc here, where she's kind of like a junkie? She's uh, she's still like going through withdrawal, and at one point she's even like she gets out and she's like, "Take me back, I need you." Uh, but I thought it was really cool that Lash made it impossible for Hive to get to her anymore which frustrated her that she's just like, ah, fuck you. And like starts blasting at hive.
1: See, that's where the show kind of fell apart. For yeah, <laughs> me. because I understand what they're going for and that you get so addicted to something that like, even if you don't want it, you just need it back because that the pain of your addiction hurts more than of, than you know, with the consequences of being addicted. I understand what they were going for. I just don't believe that Sky's character would have easily turned to being like, yeah, I just want to side with a madman despite the consequences. Like I just it it confused the fuck out of me that she was doing that. Yeah, she she ping-pong too fast. Right. And then immediately like Rugboy said she the guy Hive says no because she's she can't, she physically can't be addicted to him anymore. And then she, and just she turns, immediately gets angry and starts yeah. fighting with him and wants to save the world. Like it's just, it's too quick.
0: Yeah. But uh yeah, it was a little bit wishy-washy. Oh, you know there was a lot of Weird, convenient things that kind of bug me.
2: Yeah, people getting shot. You think they're gonna die?
0: Yeah. So yeah, they well, they did. Like Yo-Yo took a bullet for Mac, and you're like, "Oh, is it yeah. gonna be him?" And then you know Mac has the cross.
2: Then Mac had the burner. Yeah. It, uh, her her injuries, so they were quarterized.
0: Yeah, they like, let me do it. That was uh that was kind of badass that he burned her. Uh, how did so they capture Hive in this gel matrix chamber? But somehow he has a contingency plan that in, involves boxes getting into the base. Like how did these – these this hive bomb get – this Inhumans bomb get into the base? I thought – and it said – it was all that Absolution. Remember it said Absolution Montana uh, tying into the title. But I love that uh, they turned S.H.I.E.L.D. agents into primitives and they're like crawling through the vents and shit and they're locked in. That was pretty exciting stuff.
1: I was confused on the primitives um- – like what their strength level was because at sometimes they look like they were straight caveman strength, like ogres, just throwing people around. But then you got like shield agents that like even like Fitz and Simmons are fighting these primitives and kicking their ass. Oh yeah, that I was, know, I was I, I didn't the know the about that
0: one fight scene because you had like they, Simmons in slow mo swinging a crowbar. Like what are you doing?
1: They never established the rules on how powerful these characters were, so I was always a little confused. You're right, what exactly, they were doing. Because sometimes they'll like throw you across the room. Yeah, and then sometimes May is just kicking their ass, and I'm like, if they punch May one, if they can throw someone across the room, they hit once on May, and she's like out and down for the count.
0: Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was neat the way uh, Simmons figured out how to blind them though by turning up the heat yeah, uh, because kidding. he was standing right there, and I was like, wait, wait, why don't you see him? And she's right by the front, desk. so that that was some cool stuff. Hive gets the warhead, and he takes off in the Zephyr. I know I'm skipping a bunch of stuff. Uh, that's fine.
1: Skip it. It's two hours show.
0: It was a long show. <laughs> I'm trying to work. Well, the end game it. is that
2: we, w- where do we get at the end of this episode? We get to, you know, the resolution of the hive story yes. and who dies and who's going to die. And that, that's what they were touting on the internet. Yeah, all let's the just ads. get to that. Who dies? And
0: so it was a great tease. And for a moment, you think it's Daisy up until the very end. When suddenly Lincoln's in the seat, he knocks her out, and they take off in the Zephyr with Hive and Lincoln and the Warhead. And Lincoln pickpocketed the cross; he had the cross. They have a nice little weird conversation up in space where I'm i just like, like convo. I, yeah, the convo was good. He's like, "Look, I was just trying to do good, man." But Lincoln's like, "I know." And then, and then, not even a big explosion; just like on the screen, quiet boom. Now. I am simultaneously pleased and annoyed that it was Lincoln. Oh, shit. I get why they did Lincoln. He's the only guy they can get rid of that is not a main member that, uh, you know, he hasn't been around since the beginning. But we got to know him. And I was happy only because I fucking hate Lincoln. He's bland. I never got him and Sky's relationship. Look, great performance by Chloe Bennett when he was saying goodbye but at the end of the day, I was like, I'm not buying this, dude. I'm not buying you, too. You have no chemistry.
1: Let me read that guy, Daryl, who tweeted at us about yes. this. He goes, after all that buildup, that's who dies on Agents of Shield."s Can I get a lame? Lame. Yes, you can, Daryl.
0: Yeah. That's just for you. So I got nothing more to add. So Ruggs, what would you think of the choice of who died? Well, I'm in the same boat you are. I'm glad he's dead because he was boring
2: and he, there was nothing they could do with that guy that was going to make me like him. He was just, you know, is he a very bland, nothing special about him character. He didn't have anything, uh, you know, to grab
0: onto. Yeah, possibly the best, his final one hero moment. I really wish they just took a bigger risk with who they killed. But whatever, that's fine. Now, this show was amazing because it doesn't end there. It blows up and uh, May goes, what now? And holy shit, oh, shit, we have a flash forward jump six months later. If you want to describe that scene, this shit was crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm digging Chloe Bennett's gothic look for sure. Oh my god, so she, she looks six great. Six months later, she goes straight goth and is wearing a beanie and like dark black hair, eyeliner, all the, the whole nine. And, and, and the, the mesh. Like, and the mesh. And she's straight vigilante and S.H.I.E.L.D. is after her and she, it ends with her giving the birds that some asshole from prior episodes. I forgot his that name. Was the,
0: it was the homeless and human who could see the future. Right.
1: She gives those to the daughter who she had promised she would give those to. And then Shield tries to get her and she runs away. because, Or she doesn't run away. She kind of flies away. Dude, she with learned, her
0: yeah, she learned a new trick how to leap tall buildings in a single bound. But there's huge things here. You see newspaper clippings. The media is calling her Quake. Who is Quake? Remember, we were like, why don't you just call her Quake already? They're fucking calling her Quake. Uh, Coulson is no longer director of Shield. Who's director? May? Maybe Mac? Uh, no, and this is all. And I kind of love this because similar to the end of Captain America: Civil War, where there's no more Avengers, it's broken up. It seems like this Shield team is kind of broken up six months from now, and everything's all crazy. And she's all. Sky is almost back to where she was at the very beginning of the show. Kind of on her own and her little goth thing doing her thing. Yeah, so, you know, they're back to square one.
2: And uh, they're going to reform again and be even more powerful. Like, how many times has S.H.I.E.L.D. disbanded and
0: rebanded in this show already? <laughs> Every six months, people. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> <yeah. laughs> so- I just thought she looked hot. I didn't, I didn't really have a thought either way on what the meant or anything. She did
0: look hot right up there with goth felicity. I mean, those two should hang out and start a band. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Okay. But again, that's not all people. They gave us another stinger post-credit scene in the tradition of Marvel movies with Dr. Radcliffe talking to his artificial intelligence, Ada. And, uh, you know, if you notice in the episode, he, he noticed Colson's a hand and the fact that Fitz worked on it. And how advanced it was. And we had the theme of transhumanists in that other episode. Well. Well, he also
1: had the life model decoy from Coulson. Uh, that saw, or that we, we saw in this episode. Yeah.
0: So he, it looks like he's trying to create his own LMD. A la Vision. Uh, that he calls Ada. He's going to put Ada. Into this. Uh, you see a, a, behind a frosted glass. You see a silhouette of a woman's body. Uh, so this. This is exciting where this is going for next season. Because. Uh, That means you could bring back dead people. I always thought Patton Oswalt's Agent Koenig was an LMD because there was like three versions of him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too
2: when they brought him on and there was more than one. But I don't know. I mean, the thing about the life model decoys, I don't really understand what they are because it feels like they're not special. You know what I mean? Because they're just like one in a million. You know, I, I was thinking it should be more unique, like, you know, something that's a little bit more like the vision is a unique thing, you know? Yeah, it's that's like. That's true. There's only one vision. There's not like. Uh, LMD is like an automaton. It doesn't seem like it should be special at all.
0: However, they do have the device that uh, uh, Colson went to Tahiti in, the little memory thing, where they could possibly put people's memories from there, put it into an LMD, and, you know, it brings up questions like. If a character comes back as an LMD, do they know they're an LMD? Like, well, you know, who, whose memories would they use? I don't know. You, you <laughs> could. Uh, you, they might have we, mammaries? Mammaries? Hey, memories. Well, memories. Memories. there's some great <laughs> LMD memories. <What's> Freudian. <laughs> you milk these memories. <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody who's dead that they, they want back. Uh, Ada, oh. though, all this is kind of from the comic books. Ada stands for Artificial Intelligence Data Analyzer. It was a computer-based AI that enjoyed a harmlessly flirtatious relationship with her creator. So very similar to what they're doing. Uh, And also it was part of Squadron Supreme. So I don't know if that's an Easter egg for any kind of Squadron Supreme stuff. Uh, Next season also the show moves to a different time slot an hour later.
2: That's the that's a death knell right there. It that's why Daisy's like fuck you.
0: This <laughs> a, this could be an issue because they're going to front load it with like comedies, so it'll probably be like four comedies, and then this finishes the nine o'clock slot. I don't
1: know if this the is writing survive. is on the wall. Mark my words, next season is the last season of it. Yikes! Oh, really? Oh,
0: you call it? It's going to end in season four. Well,
2: it's not like if they move it to that spot, it's got yep. maybe one. If they're lucky, two seasons.
0: No, we know it's coming back next season. Uh, speaking of which, fellas, big question season finale are you gonna watch next season anthony you go
1: i will watch only because i'm some sort of marvel asshole that thinks i need to i'm still believing that it's all connected even though i'm the one guy trumpeting that it's not connected at all
0: that's how they get I, you I, man I, that's how yeah, they get I,
1: you I, it's like my completest mindset where i have to watch it just in case something were to happen that means something in a movie but other than that i mean this season overall it was eh, not that great to my in my opinion there was a few memorable moments, some memorable characters, but overall, it was blah. Rugs, you gonna watch
2: next season? You know what? This is how I feel after I watch Shield. I never remember what happens yep. because it's not. It doesn't. It, it doesn't brand itself into my mind. You know, it's just forgettable. A lot of it. You need. Yes. D-
0: you need denser cotton up there behind your eyes. Maybe that's the problem. I, don't
2: know. I just, it just starts to. Bl- it just starts to like these seasons just meld into one another. Yeah, I agree. And there's think that sets it apart really. Yeah. You because... Know, the bad guy is the same guy that's been on the show since the beginning, you know, the, the same guy, actor. There's nothing that really
0: sets it apart. Which in a sense is is rewarding if you watch the whole time. But you're right. Let's see. I, I'm gonna it's
1: fatigued,
0: it's fatigued and this it's time you. you know, this time jump at the end, this is the way you set the end the season for that got me excited to come back. But Anthony, really, I'm with you. The Marvel has conditioned everyone to watch everything just in case one little throwaway thing connects to some other fucking thing and you get a little and uh that's your fan service
1: can i can i mention real quick about that nine o'clock setting i had read that they want to go a little dark and grittier oh, next season, well.
0: and that they they would
1: that would allow them to do that but again 9 p.m is not an ideal slot and the lead-ins to the show are like comedy hour mm-hmm. like one and two mm-hmm. it is not they are not expecting this show to do amazing ratings if they're pushing it back another hour
0: i mean i like i liked what you just said i didn't think about that that they could get a little more adult i know
1: that's what they've said they, that a they could get a little scale, more so
0: it. how the fuck is once upon a time still, still chugging
2: along dude people Shield is like struggling people fucking love <laughs> that shit it. dude
0: people love that fucking once upon a time oh it's elsa she's a real person oh, that shit. i don't it's what garbage. the fuck Jordan says it best in the chat because Disney. Oh shit! That's pretty much it, dude. Disney. Who's watching that? Like, Like, who's watching that? Families who. Families who sit around and they got nothing better to watch, and they're like drinking the Disney Kool Aid. I don't. I. You're. I'm with you on that one. Also, one last thing I want to mention before we move on to the next show: uh, the fact that Marvel's Most Wanted didn't get picked up. Did they have to kill off Bobby and Lance? Well, could they bring them back now? What, was this, I would hope what, so, right? Were they going to do this anyways? This just, I, like, I kind of feel like they were like, oh, shit, why did we kill them off then? It didn't get picked up.
1: They wrote them such a fantastic ending that yeah. like, to to bring them back might cheapen that. But yeah, I mean, they were clearly banking on America, uh, America's Most Wanted. <laughs> whatever the fuck
0: <laughs> it's going to be called. That is a great Ice Cube <laughs> album. Okay, moving on! After these messages... Hey, Imran. Hey,
2: Rugboy. Wouldn't it be great, since we're putting out all this content, that our listeners could support us? And maybe
0: we had some kind of, like, website or a way for them to do that? Rugs, that's a great idea. Give me one second. I'll be right back. Jock and Nerd. Okay, it's all set up, listener. Just visit com slash Patreon. Wowie zowie!
1: Patreon is our virtual tip jar where you can donate any amount of money, either per month or a nice large sum all at once and on that Patreon you get bonus content as Imran mentioned but if we hit certain plateaus every month we improve our production quality we get better equipment we get on more platforms it only helps us so please get on to patreon.com slash Nerd or jockandnerd.com slash patreon and support the show
2: Jock-tastic. I hear change jingling in your pocket don't <laughs> fucking fuck me over guys do it
1: jock and nerd P- P-
2: P- 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 Spoiled.
0: Oh, we're going to spoil uh, the penultimate episode of season two of The Flash on CW, episode 22, titled Invincible. Again, let's do uh, what we liked, what we didn't like. Again, who wants to go first? Rugs, what do you remember? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Ah. I remember <laughs> that there the was Zoom.
0: There was a Zoom.
2: Yeah, and uh, he, he had the whole uh, bunch of people that he got. Uh, The bad guys, all the super meta-human
0: dudes that were on his side. The beginning uh, was kind of kick-ass. That huge, uh, they're calling it the Metapocalypse, which is kind of a stupid name. But you saw saw, like wing flying people and like a green firestorm and all these cool for like a second. I wanted to see more of them, but I think that's where the money runs out is right in the beginning. And then Barry
2: goes and captures them like all in one night, like in one shot and puts them all into these little rooms without bathrooms.
0: Yeah, how many, where did they, where did all those people go? We, yeah, that's a good question. He puts they're out all the, the fires. They're, they're in the thingy. Yeah. They're, in the, they're like, all in the, in their little,
2: they're jail under the, under the part, the collider or whatever that
0: They're pissing in their boots because that's the only place to take a leak. Yeah. They're using the speed
2: force to make the <laughs> urine slow
1: <laughs> I, I was wondering how they were going to battle that. And I wish they would have gone with the route of Jesse Quick and Wally West. This seemed like a, Pretty big deuce ex machina to tease a huge war like this and then just round them all up because of vibrational frequencies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They ended up making some device that uh, vibrates at their frequencies. Cut it. I wasn't sure if it knocked them out or killed them. It just knocked them out, right? Knocked them yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Wells 2 from Earth 2 gets knocked out because for some reason Jesse's headphones – by the way, it's hilarious that he comes up with this whole thing and he goes, hey, how are we going to protect ourselves? And he's like, oh, headphones. I got headphones. Like that's it? Like this this science-y gizmo can be uh, broken with headphones. But Jesse's headphones weren't working, which is weird. I don't know if that's alluding to like her metahuman abilities that we will soon see.
1: What did you guys think of Black Siren? Dude,
0: Black Siren was pretty awesome. I like the Earth 2 versions of these characters from Arrow. Laurel, she looked great, I thought, as the goth. They always look good when they're goth. Yeah. Put and them in some black leather and some bustiers. Black leather, black You got a leather, winner every time. Black <laughs> lipstick. Uh, I would love to see. Imagine if she goes over to Arrow for an episode, the reaction from everyone there. And they said, they're like, oh, let's not tell them. It's probably not a good idea. i let them know we have yeah. another Laurel. But uh, she was cool, dude. She was great. I wanted to see more of her. I love that scene where Cisco and Caitlin yeah, were cosplaying good. as their evil counterparts. Reverb, that was cool. And Killer Frost, because uh, 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 who's the guy who plays Cisco? He nailed the different like the two deliveries he has between Cisco
1: and Reverb. He kills it. No, they they do a good job of most of them do a good job of acting like one person when they're their Earth one counterpart, and then acting like someone else when they're Earth two.
0: So what do you think about Barry's cockiness This was kind of annoying a little bit That was weird Yeah because wasn't it wasn't like the whole season, everyone is like, Barry, cheer up. You could do this. Get better. He's all mopey. And finally, Barry comes back from the Speed Force. He's got, op- he's optimistic. He's confident. He's like, we got this. And everyone's like, oh, you think Barry's a little too cocky? And everyone has to go one at a time and have a goddamn conversation with him about it. Yeah, that actually. was a little
2: formulaic
1: for me, by the way. I hate when they it reminded it. me of, uh, and I have a few friends that are, have ADD. Yeah. It reminds me of when they take Adderall yes. and they're just, Unusually calm, like <laughs> ah. very soft-spoken. Very like everything's great. I feel fine. How are you today? And it's like you're not acting like a real person, dude. What the fuck's wrong with you?
0: You felt Barry was like that.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like I will be fine. We got everything's this. gonna be great. Yeah. We got this, guys. Got, I mean, we're he, good.
0: He went through a huge thing, and you know, <laughs> Iris kind of gets to him, and she's like, "Look, it's okay to be a little bit afraid." That was a little bit much with all that. I hate when they get into the heavy-handed thing. Uh, what'd you think of Wally West all of a sudden deciding I'm going to be a hero and run over muggers <laughs> <laughs> and conveniently, you know, his dad's there. Uh, yeah, that was like really convenient. How the fuck did he find him <laughs> yeah, right at the joking. second when he like gets to stop a mugger? That was weird.
1: I got to maintain that Wally West's storyline to me has been the weakest part of this season. Definitely.
0: Yeah, he I mean I get I like the bit where he's like I'm trying to be a hero, you know, to show the flash that I was worth being saved. Like finally I got it, but it's so heavy-handed and so forced the whole time. Not
1: only but they they've casted him or wrote him as such an asshole, like such a punk asshole throughout the entire season that like it's almost too little too late for me in terms of getting around on liking Wally West at this point.
0: Yeah. Also, Caitlin just returns from Zoom. Remember, Zoom gave her that uh, option. He's like, you can him. leave uh-huh. or you can stay. But nobody really seemed too concerned about like her tra—like the way she played off the trauma. It was really weird. It was really uneven. I, I don't—I don't know. It was like nobody seemed that concerned to find. She like wouldn't she ask them? Hey, where the fuck were you guys? Where'd you guys try to find me? Like I had to escape. He let me go.
1: Where were you? You know, I mean, I'm just going to say this episode wasn't the best, (laughs) but um, I'll just get to the ending. I think the ending was a solid enough hook um, for me to want to watch the season finale. I've liked a lot of the Flash episodes leading up to this point. This one was not the greatest, um, but the ending, I'm just going to, we're spoiling everything, but him, uh, Fuzum capturing... Uh, Barry's dad in the midst of a nice dinner. You knew something was going to happen because it was too peaceful. This, this, the resolution, you knew there was one more episode, so there couldn't be this resolution. Dude, right when now.
0: you're having a family dinner on these shows, right. uh, some shit's going to go down.
1: <laughs> so Zoom, cap, Zoom capturing him and killing him as he's telling, his, telling Barry to listen up uh, was a good hook for me. That so. was
0: brutal, him taking his dad back to his childhood home, right where, and you know, the whole time Zoom is like, you and me, were the same, Barry, and I'm going to make you the same even more. You're going to watch... Someone you love dying. He kills uh, his dad and they were – like they even set up a little romance thing in the episode. By the way, I loved Amanda Pays and John Wesley Shipp kind of in the same scene finally and they were both in the 90s Flash episode uh, TV That's show. That's right. Uh, so a- – and then that moment, Wally also – Wally and Sing are there. So now they know that Barry is the Flash. <laughs> That's right. Just, Barry should just tell everyone he's the Flash. But this was very reminiscent of uh, uh, Zoom killing Jay Garrick and even almost to the level of Moira queen dying in season 2 of Arrow although that was way better because yeah
1: we, oh Moira queen's death yeah. was awesome oh, that was that was brutal
0: and shocking and you didn't want that to happen but now now Barry's got he's all got the vengeance it's all about the vengeance i don't understand What's zoom's fucking plan now cuz in the previews for next episode, it looks like it comes down to a race. This whole thing is going to come down to a race. Well, can you explain to me what is Zoom's plan?
1: Um. Well, yeah, I think he wanted to take over Earth's, and then once his army was taken away from him, he's just angry as fuck and wants to just get back to Barry at this point.
0: So it's very I think the, the race
1: line is probably you know, taken out of context, and it'll m- hopefully make more sense next week.
0: I uh, got one more to wrap up the Zoom thing. Hopefully we see the guy in the Iron Mask. We we better meet the real fucking Jay Garrick. That's all I'm saying. That's going to be the last shot
2: of the of the whole show is the, who's in the Iron Mask. The That's unmasking. the last thing that they have to reveal.
1: No. Uh, did you notice? Iris? I wouldn't be surprised to see John Wesley's ship as Earth 2 Jay Garrick.
0: Yes, this is, oh, shit. this is what I'm saying. I think this is what they're setting up. I like where you're going. That would be a great reveal. They
2: kill them off and they bring them back.
0: Yep. Right. Uh, did you notice Iris mentioned uh, the Blackest of Nights? I thought that was a little little hint to uh, the Blackest Night storyline. So
1: they did that. And then the week prior, they did Zombie Glider, whatever the fuck that zombie guy's girder. name. Zombie Girder. Yeah. Zombie Girder. So, yeah, I, I saw some of those rumors on the net.
0: Oh, yeah. Zombie Girder is kind of like a Blackest Night thing, too, where if you don't right. know, listener, storyline being all the dead superheroes are possessed and they come back and they... Uh, or fight the, all the lanterns, different colors stuff. Jeff Johns wrote that. It's really good, but yeah, the ending, the ending kind of saved the episode for me. Uh, when a black siren was awesome. Uh, there's a black siren in, uh, the DC animated universe. Her name is Donna Nance. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they're going to give us something big in the season finale. Rugs, any final comments? I mean, there was some interesting stuff going on. You got the potential
2: for these two new heroes that can, can, you know, be brought to the forefront. You know, you got Jesse Quick. You got, you know, the little guy, Wally, whatever. So it can happen. It, we can have a cool Flash team. But, like, I don't know if it's going to dilute the fact that how special Barry is. You know, it's something you got to watch out for. Because yeah, they're, they're, like, true. dangling it around in front of you. But, like, when you actually get it, you might not like it.
0: Be careful what you ask for. Good advice from the Rug Boy. Let's move on.
2: Zap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time.
0: All right, gang. On deck is this week's new episode of Arrow from The CW. Season 2, episode 22. Also one right before the season finale called Lost in the flood. Ah, uh, this was a weird episode. I don't know. I didn't like it. I don't Not know why. Like okay. ahead. I want to hear you it. start rugs.
2: That the whole flashback ruins everything. Oh my yeah.
1: god! Yeah, they they've, they got to end the flashback. Like if, it's, if, it's
2: if, if they if he knew all this shit before, why did it get out of hand? Like it seems like fucking Ali knew. Like he was intimately involved in this whole fucking thing. Like he should have been like. First episode. Oh, I know
0: what to do. Yeah. But no, it's like he's been the biggest dumbass. I don't know. That's the problem with the flashbacks. It just seems that like every season, Oliver remembers some other shit that he knew all the time. And he's just remembering that is just kind of shoehorned to uh, help the story along.
2: Yeah, it's stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's dumb, guys. Cut it out. Anyways, we got. uh, Well, Anthony, what do you think of the episode?
1: Well, let me just run through the plot like in less than 30 seconds or so. Rubicon, they're trying to blow up the world. Two hackers are going against each other, Felicity and her dad against her ex-boyfriend. Um, this secret bunker, for lack of a better term, is yeah. destroyed by uh, our anarchy. Is that his fucking name? Yep, anarchy. Lonnie Mansion.
0: Ma- Lonnie Mansion.
1: And Barry some, suddenly come to the realization that people need hope. And that Damian Dark might be right. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit confusing what? for sure. And there was a, a lot of bad shooting again because you got two characters running in a straight line, and bullets are coming up short. Oh my so, god! Okay, okay. There was,
0: I know that I know you know what the moment I'm talking about. There was a moment where Oliver is jumping between two trees point blank right into this guy with a machine gun who is shooting at him who misses and then gets arrowed by oliver jumping oh shit. right at him really well, really arrows well, but, versus guns really
1: not only that but they're literally running in a straight line so these if you look at the, the characters that are shooting at them they're from behind yeah And they're missing not to the side or high. (laughs) They're missing on the ground. Are you aiming at their feet?
0: What are you doing? Those helmets are – they're not uh, very clear. They're very dirty. (laughs) They got really heavy bullets. And they just <laughs> fall
2: down into the ground fall? after
0: they shoot them. It's just, it just goes pew straight
2: down. Yeah, they're made out of like uh, super high density no, material. That's what it is, I Great. know
1: this is the running joke, but I, I, I had to point that out. Like, oh my god. It's horrible. That's horrible. That's awful. I like that. At least have them like zigzag. They're running in a fucking straight line. Look, at least they were fighting in daylight and it was like
0: bright daylight yeah. and you could see shit. But it, this episode was full Yeah, but then it was bright daylight and you
1: could see shit and that's and like, it was oh it didn't ha- it didn't help,
0: yeah. But there was a, it was just full of like half-assed villains for like for no reason just people that you don't care like fucking anarchy and then brother i her her friend cooper uh you know i this is what i learned this is how to be a hacker according to arrow ready real easy step one type a bunch of shit real fast step two never ever use a mouse step three hit enter you are now a hacker thank you that's pretty much all they did. Uh, I loved. I did love the father-daughter hacking team and how they're bonding. But it begs the question: Why the fuck would Noah, the calculator, ever marry Donna? Like, what? What? How did you two ever get together? You're completely opposite. You hate each other. I can't see this ever working. Rich guy <laughs> and a hot chick. That never makes sense. Yeah, right. Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> Homeworld Arts says they hack using Windows 8 and Arrow. Right? It's a product placement. Ifu Bar says, I love my enter hacking key. That's the only key you need because you just mash the keyboard. They, they, they never use a mouse. I think this,
1: this episode was the classic case of, like, too much going on. Yeah. Because you, you just had too many threads. You had too many characters in this one. You had too much, too many turns, too many twists. It was an episode where you were like, <laughs> they just gave Arrow's writers for this episode a dose of speed. Because, like, they're just moving through everything really quick. Homer hey,
2: Thea's on pills. She's bad now. Yeah.
1: Then he talks exactly. Then he talks her out of it. Thea, you can fight her. You can fight this. Oh wait. It, no Thea. other asshole can fight out of this, but Thea, you can <laughs> Enhance.
0: Homeworld Art says, Enhance. Enhance. At least they haven't pulled the fucking enhance thing. They might have, and I might have missed it. But uh yeah, I uh, I don't know what was going on. There was a lo- lock pick arrow, people. Can I just question how lockpick arrow works? Because he just shoved an arrow in the thing and it unlocked the door. Like, I'm not sure how the physics of that actually works. I mean, if
2: that's the thing that you're going you're gonna to nitpick after, like, the guys miss, like, from, like, two seconds, like, <laughs> oh, away with guns.
0: But uh, we do find out Alex is dead. They actually say Alex is dead. His body is still laying there. I episode. thought he was alive. I, I thought God. he was alive, too. But, look, Lonnie Manchin fucked up a lot of shit at the end of the episode. He kills Ruve Dark. Good. He demolishes the thing, and now Dark is pissed. He doesn't know where his daughter is. His wife's dead. And he's like, and I love Merlin, is like, what are you going to do? Why do you need Rubicon? There's no place to go. He goes, eh, I'm just going to burn it all. Uh, he's got a, a a serious beef. So now the plan makes even less sense. He just wants to destroy everything. So really, everyone should be against Dark in the next episode. How and also, how about the fact that tens of thousands of people died in a nuclear missile last episode? Nobody seems to fucking care at all.
1: Yeah, that's that's my biggest grief because if you remember last episode, I had mentioned like this should be something that like knocks Fel- Felicity like off her game. Like she should be forever be damaged. And in this episode, she's cracking jokes with her dad and doing some more hacking. Like that, it was taken so lightly that. At this point, I, it's the show isn't taking itself seriously.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, that Daryl, that guy Daryl also sent us a tweet about this episode. He says, mind control on Arrow? Nuprin. Little, yellow, brainwash? Fuck it. Hashtag embrace the cheese, which is uh, yeah. what you, you got to do, especially for the next show, too. But at the end, so Damien shows up because he needs fucking Felicity's help to help hack Rubicon. Uh, boy, here's the thing. I've seen some articles about uh, Stephen Amell talking about next season. I think they need to get rid of this magic shit. I think
1: they tried it. The the magic shit does not fit. I don't think it's It's working.
0: I would love to go back to like the action. The, uh, you know, even Slade was enhanced powers with a serum, but it wasn't magic. Uh, That kind of stuff works better. Powered people. Uh, you tried the magic. I think you got to shake it up. Uh, just
1: it, cut your losses. I completely agree. I think the Slade stuff worked because it was somewhat like enhanced soldiers, so it's pseudo science sort of thing. Right? You but can buy it. Starting, but yeah, but starting last year with the the Lazarus pits, and now this year with full on magic, it it just does not work for this universe, in my opinion.
0: Drug boy comment.
2: It just takes it too far out. I yeah. think. I think it's great that it, they're kind of distinguishing themselves from Batman a little bit. But I, know, d- I think try- they made, they should go back to
0: doing the Batman because... See,
1: it was actually better it when it they were in it. was better season. Yeah.
0: Can we get another season two title season? It's
1: too far to the left of what we're used to in this show. Mm-hmm. And it's also like the, the beginning scene where Dark has Damien... Or has... Uh, what's his fucking face? Uh, Arrow and Diggle, yeah, like he's got the full magic. Like I know, like he he's this evil villain and wants them to burn and see like their their yeah. city yeah. dying. For- let's him live, <laughs> yeah, but like just crush their heart. You I have got- all this magic, dude. Like, <laughs> and he even it monologues. Just, it, never, it never works. Like yeah. their their, their like battles book, yeah. never work. It, like, it's just not believable when Dark is fighting Arrow and Derek has all this extra power and
2: never gets rid of him. Do you think that Berlanti is just running himself too thin with all these shows and he can't really get behind? Because Oof, when Arrow was the so. only baby, yeah. it was better. Yeah. Yes,
1: I agree. So one of, My friend Irwin, who's been on this show, has made that argument for a long time that they're stretched too thin and they've ignored Arrow for a lot of while. And I, I, I'm coming around on that.
0: For sure. And now they got Supergirl. So what's going to happen? What show is going to suffer? Is it the baby? Is it the new one? Is it the
1: middle child? I hope it's the next one because I'm not going to watch it.
0: All right. Well, let's get to that
1: one.
0: (laughs) Let's spoil some shit, Batman. All right. The last show of the week that we like to watch on The CW. We are going to be discussing the season finale of season one of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. 16th episode titled Legendary. And despite what you just said, Anthony, I, I think this is probably the strongest episode of the season overall.
1: Okay. I, no, that...
2: I, I, I didn't understand anything that happened, number one. <laughs> what? Okay. two time, two two time is, bendy for you? The whole time I'm watching this, and this is the whole show, I'm like, they could easily just solve everybody's problem by grabbing uh, the bad guy. What's his name? Savage. Again, Van Savage. Savage. Yeah, Randall Savage. Randall, Randall. <laughs> they should I'll grab Randall. Randall. They should grab Randall and just put him in space. Put him on the moon. That's and his then, brother. That's that's just his, put him on the moon. That's Vandal's brother. He can't do it.
0: How's he gonna get off the moon? He can't. That's true. Vandal's brother from Kentucky. His name's Randall Savage, and he drives Jim a Ron. truck.
1: Yeah. Why did you uh, why did you think this was the best episode of the season? Well,
0: I really enjoyed like the character moments wrapping up kind of the whole season of where these what these characters have been through. Like in the beginning, it was – I'll agree it was a little – it wasn't perfect. Uh, there was a lot of weird things. Like in the beginning, he leaves them in 2016, five months after they left, which is actually kind of smart because they work in Laurel's death. And that scene where Lance told Sarah about Laurel was – Really well acted on both their parts. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, she doesn't know. This is going to be devastating. Although, I'm not sure when that happened because it seemed very quiet in the Arrow Cave. When, you know, all of the, all the DC Universe towns are in chaos right now. You got fucking metas in Central City. You got Damien Dark and Ghost blowing up Star City. Uh, the whole universe is in a mess. I kind of feel like this time travel on this show could be the only thing that could reset a lot of this stuff. Across the board... And help bring in Supergirl or something.
1: I don't know. I thought the episode was all right. I mean, they they were able to have give each character their moment in the sun. Um, they were able to kill off three Vandal Savages, so three characters had that moment. That with was them.
0: awesome. That was very satisfying.
1: That that was all right. It was cool, but I mean, overall, I'll just get into what I thought about this season. It, the The reason why I think this season was. Okay, and maybe less than okay. The character moments kept it from being complete shit, in my opinion. But they, you know, time travel is a tricky thing to deal with. Yeah. But they always broke the rules they set for themselves in the prior episode. Like they were literally, it almost felt like they were writing this on the fly, which they probably were. And the, nothing ever made sense. Like you could never figure out what the how rules it works. were. You, yeah. have to, you, yeah. you have to at least yeah. establish how it works. And when yeah, you break, I was going to
2: say the same thing. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: you can't have
2: a show and then you, you think it's working one way and there's rules and then they break the rules and then you can't get behind it anymore yeah. because any, now I'm watching it and I'm like, well, what, how come that's okay? And before it wasn't okay. <laughs> And then why are they doing this? Why why can't now he, he's like I can't go back and change the past because your sister dies anyway. I'm like really like, yeah. Just prove that that was wrong two seconds ago. Just like I don't know. I have no idea how it works. Well, the like, biggest thing to too stick is stick to your mechanics.
1: The first like two episodes was the whole thing was I recruited you guys because you guys mean nothing. You don't change the universe whatsoever. And every time you guys go out a mission, you have to be fucking careful or else you will change the future. Right, that yeah, was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Then subsequently, every episode they were doing crazy shit in the, in different timelines. Yet, the future never changed. And then it was established: well, even you do all of this stuff, it's preordained. Your parents, your family is still going to die regardless. So what is it? is it? Is it preordained or is it you can go back in the future or in the past and change everything? You can't have it both ways.
0: Time is wet and also hard at the same time. Right. It's wet and hard. Look, he tells Sarah. He goes – because Sarah is all crazy. She's like, look, let's just go back and I can save Laurel. I can help. And he goes, look, I, actually what actually happens if we go back is you and Lance and Laurel die. There's no saving her. Be- and, yeah, but how do you know that? No, I, I have no idea. Right. Also, rugs. I know where
1: yeah, isn't it the, the Oculus destroyed? Like, yeah, no, isn't the, it? Like, don't you have free will at this point? The,
2: he yeah, should, I thought he rugs? couldn't see into the future anymore. That's why he needed the note. He should be yes. a, well. That note.
0: Can you explain the note thing to me? So, yeah, Kendra,
2: conveniently
0: she finds the one guy that the helmet's in the fucking. Gym. How the fuck is that? I, so it's nineteen forty four, and Savage is there. And the best part of the scene is that. You see the team fighting Nazis. That's awesome. The whole time, I just want to see them fight Nazis. I even love Stein's line where he goes, I never thought I'd say this, but I think we need a Nazi. Uh, But look, 1944, she grabs a dude's helmet and puts a note in there. And then somewhere way in the fucking future on the time wave rider, the helmet fall. He knocks it off. And it's – how? I didn't – how did that – They're just – Rip Sitting has some in the writers' room making a bullshit. That's what's going on. Rip. Well, look. If you really
2: well, think they, about, well, they,
1: they linger on the shot of this helmet yeah. as if it's like something of significance that yeah. you should have noticed. And and maybe it's because I'm fatigued with these shows, yeah. but I don't remember seeing that helmet. One goddamn time. No, they, time they, no,
0: they never. They never. They never set that up. But if you actually think about what they did, meaning they had to go to three different times at the same moment with three different savages, it will make your head hurt. I don't even think it's possible, uh, paradoxically, by any kind of time travel laws out there. Which, if there are any, uh, I don't know what they are. But <laughs> I'm glad they kill Savage. Like they don't. They. It was a great death because he was. He was like we thought. He was getting a little tiring. So. Kill him three times at once, like uh, White Canary and his fight was great, and the other fights were great, and just the way it came together, and then Rip's moment at the end, where there's that third meteor, and they can't blow it up, and Rip just takes it and decides to, very Dark Knight Rises at the end, I'm going to take the meteor off into the sun, and literally he's like, I'm going to fly into the sun, Rip finally, the guy who's fucked everything up, he's making a sacrifice, trying to be the hero. And he kind of hallucinates and he sees his family and he hugs them. Like, that was a really nice moment. It was crazy. But then he wakes up and he's like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to die. In fact, Gideon is like, on second thought, I didn't want to die. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And then he shows up right back at that same moment. So, And he doesn't even tell them, like, what happened or what he did, really.
2: No, he doesn't. But I want to say this before I forget it. Because every single time we talk about the show, I want to mention it. And then I always forget. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Okay. Do you notice the shitty instrumentation that the ship has? He has that one thing he just pushes forward, and that's how he controls the ship. It's one big lever. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like this one lever. Oh, it just has on and off. Like that's what the future <laughs> technology is. And then you it's p- just one stick. It's a wooden handle. It looks like you make it the great cheese or something. And he just pushes it forward, and that is what pilots this futuristic
0: fucking time-jumping ship. I mean, I get I'm that. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> they wanted to seem like a boat, but at least you could do like a Star Trek thing where they have like just flat panels and you slide your hands up. It's way more believable than, in fact, it should be voice command. You know, don't even have to push any fucking buttons. Throw some joysticks in there. with, like, <laughs> really, you know. An Atari 2600 joystick would be great. Uh,
1: yeah. That's pretty good. Set design is not great. I mean, I... I... I remember watching this show when it first came out with my roommate, and he looked at me like, you watch this shit? It's and I was, like, embarrassed. Yeah. I was like, no, this is not an accurate representation of some of the shows I watch. I'm sorry. Like, what the fuck? It's never been good. On <laughs> the
0: set show. looks very... good. Hey, listen, they've had some plasticky. of the most
2: heinous wardrobe things I've ever seen. Uh, remember the time when they had the suits with the, the collars the, up? The, the backwards yeah.
0: inside-out oh suits. Holy shit, I forgot to mention, how bad was that CGI on that flash, that one scene where he's saving her in the building? Remember that? And he's like... Oh, my God. The building's collapsing and he's saving... It looked like a really bad video game, like, from the early 2000s. Amanda Pays never looked better. (laughs) They blew all their money on the opening there. But, so, here's the other thing, though, about Savage's plan. Out of all, like, all the villains of these shows, they all kind of had the same fucking plan, Right? Savage's plan, as convoluted as it is, I kind of get. He wanted to simultaneously blow up these three meteors, to erase all of time, take him back to ancient Egypt where he will be a god. I totally get that. Fucking do it. Let's go back to a simpler time. The other plans, I don't know what Zoom's doing anymore. And uh, Hive's thing didn't work. And Dark, I don't know what the fuck. Dark Dark just wants to kill everything now. So I just think it's interesting where all the villains kind of have similar... Uh, we'll destroy the world. Yeah, similar destroy the world plans. So possibly, uh, also I loved Mick. Mick going to see Snart in 2013, that was kind of a heart heartwarming, uh scene where he's oh, like, I'm sorry, That's oh, good. you the best guy. I still don't get why they did all that. They, uh, oh, because they're going back, they, it was kind of like their closure So because they're going back on with Rip. Rip's like, look, if you want to go, I'm going to be in charge. There's no Time Masters, there's no Oculus, there's no Council. I'm going to look over time. I may go back, fix some of the shit we did. Do you guys want in? And smartly by the writers, they decided that the Hawk people were not having any of this. They're like, yeah, hey, we're just going to go do our own thing. Thank Young you. Nerd. Thank you very much. Cut your losses with those two. What about the well, D-bag we- at the end that shows
1: up? Yeah. We'll, B- before we'll get to we that. get to that D-bag, um, let me just say that Rip being the guy that's going to watch over the time stream after what we've learned about yeah. him this season well, being boy. like the most inept leader and time master there ever has been in the in the history of time masters. That's great. I'm glad fucking Rip Hunter has decided it's <laughs> this, his responsibility to watch the timeline.
0: This go, is not going to go, suck, go well at all. <laughs> yeah. I love when uh, Hawkman and woman are are leaving. Uh, Mick goes, I give it three months tops. He had some great that's lines. <laughs> he was that's just
1: fun. fucking uh, yeah, the answer. Hawk Girl and Hawk Guy Guy's um Hawkman's um storyline, besides Rip being a shitty ass leader and time not making sense, is another one of the reasons why this show wasn't great. That story, their storyline sucked.
0: Yeah, it really
1: and the it, Hawk Girl stuff always dragged. And it was
0: because out. they decided to go with Vandal Savage from like the backdoor pilot all the way in Flash. Kinda like put him in this hole.
1: But I don't know why they needed to link those two as being like Forever linked. Like that was not a thing in the comics, Vandal Savage and having to kill the Hawk people to stay yeah. alive. He was always just alive.
0: I do like what they did uh combining the Thanagar Hawk mythology with this ancient Egyan mythology. Turns out this is the Thanagar Hawk people origin. Those meteors were from Thanagar. They kept saying Thanagarian things, so that was kinda of cool little uh Easter egg nod to the thing. So
1: Alright, tell us what the Easter egg is at the uh at the end, because I don't know what it was either.
0: Uh, at the very end they're all about to jump onto the Wave Rider, continue on with their Avenger. When another fucking crashed Wave Rider, busted up Wave Rider crashes down. This douche uh, comes in the in hood and he goes, uh, "You, you this He goes, <laughs> "You guys sent me. Do not get on that ship." My name is Rex Tyler. I'm with the Justice Society of America. Get Rex Tyler is in the tradition of horrible DC names. Our man. His powers are that he's really super for like an hour, he 60 minutes, yeah. give or take a couple of seconds, and then he's got to recharge, drink some orange juice, eat some protein, I don't know what. But he's basically
2: Viagra Man.
0: He's Viagra Man. I could go for one hour at a time. But more exciting is the Justice Society of America uh, drop because – The JSA is kind of like the original DC Universe superhero team. They predate the Justice League. This is a way for them to kind of put in their own Justice League with all these people that have an awesome superstar group. Uh, The Justice Society goes back to 1940. This is like the golden age of comic books before the Justice League. The, so the founding members of the Justice League were the old school Adam Doctor just, Fate Justice
1: Society Justice you
0: mean. Society, sorry. The old school and these are the Golden Age versions of these characters, the Adam, Doctor Fate, the Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, Our Man, Sandman and the Spectre were the original members. And then it all it, a lot of stuff changed but that led into Justice League. So Do you think that Legends is going to is going to kind of move over to a JSA type
2: thing or they're making a new show? Uh, uh, they're just I, or they're just tying it in?
0: They're tying it in, and I hope, like, you know, I want this to kind of be like a cool anthology series. They said the, the big bad for next season will be uh, uh, somebody huge, and rumor already that it's like the Anti-Monitor or some shit, that they mm-hmm. might do something oh. like that. But this GSA gives them a, a, a good way to build it another team and has spin it off, but I like that it's from the future. That loud last bit got me excited. And for that reason, I will watch this next season to see what they do.
1: Will you rug I
2: don't know. I got to see what the, I mean, I'll probably watch it, but I'll hate watch it.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, if it wasn't for me having to review this show every week, I probably would have quit the show. So I know we're, we're playing around with the format for, Next comic book TV show review weeks, yeah, and uh, this one is definitely on the chopping block for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's look, it's a fun, it's a fun show. the The action can be good at times. I enjoy the the characters, you know, some of the relationships, but. It's just too convoluted with the time. It's very convoluted. It's very half dash time fucking rules where it just makes it convenient. Uh, Wentworth Miller, though, will probably be returning in certain shows. He has this like weird, very unique contract where he's not a series regular, but he can show up on any of the shows because Prison Break is starting 2017 Hmm. mid
1: season. Uh, Dom Can says, I actually like the show a lot better than the season's arrow
0: Ooh, it's close it's close like this season started off rocky but i felt it really got better by the end and uh, the end was a solid payoff for me in terms of the characters journeys through the season uh at this point i'm i'm i could almost agree with Domcan too that arrow almost came down and this thing went up a little bit and they almost matchy matchy well
2: know. that's the thing you start to like certain characters you start to like rory more OK, yeah, you start to, you know, of course, everybody likes White Canary. Yeah. And, and yeah. Brandon Routh stands out, you know, yep. that, so like they, they've they made, you know, you like a few characters and then the ones that you didn't like, they're gone. So that's and that's smart.
0: And like even Jackson Stein, like they're great together. I love watching yeah. all these guys. You love.
2: Can I, can I
1: do a quick like review of each character? Like just rank them. Yeah, sure. Or Not rank them, but just characters that stood out, characters that didn't care. those that suck? All right. Like Rugboy said, Mick stood out. Uh, Adam stood out. White Canary stood out. Uh, Snart stood out. Either you hated his what he was doing or you really <laughs> liked what he was doing. He's pretty polarizing. Um, Jax's character and Martin Stein were like in the middle. They were like, eh, okay. And then the characters that absolutely sucked were Rip and the two Hawk people.
0: Yeah, the Hawk people where it just did not work. So, Sierra Renee who plays Hawk Girl. She's not a series regular. She's come out and like, ah, oh, that was fun. That was a good experience. Glad to be part of it. Moving on to the next thing. So hopefully, I don't think this. We just. I'm glad they resolved the savage. There's so much you can do though with this whole setup with the JSA, with our man, with time travel. Use this potential. Have some fun with it, uh, and we'll see what happens next season. Now, next week, everybody, we're gonna have the season finales: Flash and Arrow, plus season premiere of Preacher. On AMC Geek I'm looking forward to. Anthony is not sold on the show yet. Rugs, nope. are you are you excited for Preacher? I wanna see it. I think So
2: I mean I love the comics and uh I think that uh I've heard that Steve Dillon
0: is involved. Oh, oh, oh really? So speaking of Steve Dillon, this week, if you went to your local comic book store, it was very smart. AMC and Vertigo gave out free number one issues of Preacher, a reprint with a redrawn cover by Steve Dillon using the actors of the show. And I reread it and uh, I forgot how crazy this book is. Anthony, what do you think you read it? Thoughts? It's not really my thing, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, this is it's a look. It's a very weird, violent, dark, but funny concept and show. And this is what I'm hoping uh, from what. Well, I-
1: here's just my perspective, just real quick, and then I actually got to run pretty soon. But everyone talked about Swamp Thing and Animal Man being really good. I've read both of them, like the the recent runs. And Imran, you probably liked them a lot. They were good, but it's just it's just that that Vertigo kind of style is just not my flavor right now.
0: Yeah, you got to be into the Vertigo. I loved everything from Vertigo. I've been into, always into that weird, dark, quirky, uh, mystical, just not co- superhero, weird yeah. shit. Rugs, you like the Vertigo? I could never get into Sandman
2: at all, but I really like Preacher. That's where I jumped on. <laughs> I, I like John Constantine. You know, I like Hellblazer. Um, but I, where I really latched onto the Vertigo stuff was Preacher. Yeah, a it was lot a new series. Yeah. I felt like it. It uh, took all the things that was cool about John Constantine, like all the delves into uh, into hell and and all of the fact that there was foul language and there was sex, there was tits in it. You know, yeah, it's
0: violent and uh,
2: very violent. Yeah, Um,
0: and uh, you know, it was very irreverent too. Preacher is the one I think got a lot of people onto the vertigo because Sandman is it's a it's another step into that weird uh, realm that that's not for everyone. It's uh, you know, but Preacher is it's grounded in reality. Like most of it takes place in Texas, and then there's just a vampire and a guy named Arsface that's got an asshole for a face, and it's just when he has the power of God and there's angels with their heads blown off and it's just crazy shit. But I'm looking forward to it. Let's get to some listener feedback. All right, we lost the jock because uh, he's got uh, things to see, people to do, or the other way around, or whatever. Balls uh, to play with, balls to play with, and bounce. Uh, so we're just yeah. going to we're going to finish up the show with some listener feedback. I got an email from one Jose Dennis, and he sent this to us before. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season finale. So take that for what it is. But of course, he always has great observations. Uh, Jose says, I think you may be right about Fitz dying on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I wasn't, uh, for all the reasons you said, even though my first guess is also Mac. I think one reason it can't be Mac is that they've already killed two black male characters from Shield side on that <laughs> show inside of one year, being Tripp and Andrew Garner, and we know they aren't coming back. Whenever a white S.H.I.E.L.D. character seems to die on there, they are back on the show doing the damn Charleston two episodes later. Somebody has to notice that, I hope. If they kill Mac, that would be so not cool, like S.H.I.E.L.D. equals Tuskegee experiment Not cool. The real reason for this email, it was 20 years ago this month. We moved into 235 Washington. You're old. Oh, shit. Uh, Listener, 235 Washington was during my junior year at art school in Brooklyn. Me and Jose, we became adults. We moved into our first place. This was like the first place I rented that I was living on my own. Not a dorm at the school. It was down the street from Pratt. And boy, did we have a lot of good time there, I was reminded of our downstairs neighbor. And I asked Jose, do you remember the downstairs neighbor who would do naked yoga? And like, she would stretch her crotch in our face on the Whoa! stoop. So Jose says, Lily was her name. She was Austrian. The cops used to park outside just to watch her. Rugs, this woman, you could, so it's a brown typical Brownstone apartment in Brooklyn. You're on the yeah, stoop.
2: This to me. I've never, I've
0: never, I've we, we And it was an amazing brownstone. This was like classic Brooklyn brownstone, beautiful high ceilings, tall stairs. So you could sit on the stoop where we would often drinking malt liquor out of a paper bag because that's what yeah. you did in Brooklyn at the time. Oh, shit. And you could look th- inside the window of the first floor apartment. The Lily would have like loud ass music on and she would be doing naked yoga, <laughs> literally naked yoga all the time. I guess the Austrians are really free and expressive and have different, Whoa. different personal space rules. Cause then when she would come out, when we would run into her out on the stoop, like she would just like stretch into us all seductively and be like, hello boys. Boy, we love the Lily. And uh, how come you guys never hit it? Uh, that's it. Look, I was 20. I don't think I would have known what the fuck to do with any of that at the time. I was a late bloomer rugs. You can't blame me. As for Jose, Jose, you answered that question. Why did we ever invite her into the apartment? I don't know. We were just like, uh. She probably was up for it. Dude, 20 years too late, Ruggs. You couldn't tell me this 20 years ago. Oh, shit. I didn't know this was going on. God damn it. I would have smoothed it over. I've missed, I've wasted my life. Uh, finally, uh, uh, Jose finishes with, on um, further considerations, probably going to be Lincoln that dies. I don't mind him so much before, but he really got annoying when he came on board with S.H.I.E.L.D. Jose. Tuckin nerd. You nailed it. You nailed it at he the end. He gets a no prize. He gets, you get the no prize. Yeek, well nerd. Uh, you mo- get to go back in time and sleep with Lily. Oh my God, where's the wave rider now? Lily, yeah. Lily, if you're out there, uh. I'm married, so it's too late. Sorry, Lily. God damn it. We did. Rugs, Why Now I'm going to – I won't be able to sleep. Uh, moving on in our episode 100, Rugs, remember we talked about uh, – we, we played the Anthony Clegg clip from the UK. Right. Where he gets busted with his wife. Well, Anthony heard that and he wrote in. Anthony says, hey, dudes, just listen to episode 100. Love the shout-out. Just to let you know, I'm still very much listening, just been really busy. Still oh, lo- okay. Still loving your analysis. I'm still married too. Oh shit. Sick. <laughs> and then he says, say hello to my son, Anthony and Rugberto.
2: Oh, he made the kid after me. Yeah,
0: he's got uh, sons on uh, his little work. running around all over the UK. Anthony Clegg, thanks for listening still. That's a first. We're glad you are uh, still married. And uh, thanks for writing in uh, History of Bad Ideas podcast. Another fun podcast. Bunch of guys just kicking out having a good time. They tweeted us. Congrats to Jock and Nerdcast for 100 episodes. Nice job, chaps. Thank you guys for that. That's very nice. And I got another note from Mr. Antihero, who, if you listen to our last episode, he's a stencil artist that we met at Free Comic Book Day. Ooh. He says, hey, man, I saw this on YouTube. My first thought was I got to send this to Imran. It's a history of the Spider-Man franchise. I guess there's like a three-part YouTube documentary breaking down Spider-Man's journey on the screen. And the reason he sent me that is because in the, in that episode – Free Comic Book Day Part 1, he has an idea for an X-Men documentary about the X-Men franchise, what it went through, how it got— And I love these, kind of like the death of Superman lives. I want to see more of these about, like, every franchise, how this shit happened. Spider-Man's got a crazy history, uh, but he finishes up saying, I've also become a big fan of the podcast. Rugboy is a riot. Thanks again for having me on. Keep up the good work. I look forward to future podcasts. So we got another listener. Thanks to Free Comic Book Day. Whoa. If you're a Godzilla fan, rugs. I want to mention John Bellotti, our buddy John Bellotti, who's been on the show many times, an amazing Godzilla artist. Well, he's selling T-shirts. You can buy an original John Bellotti design. Check the links in the show notes, jockener.com slash 103. I'll put it here in the chat. And this is his uh, – what What movie is this illustration to? It's a Heisei era.
2: Oh, this is Godzilla versus Destroyer. This is a great uh, is a great design. This is a. It is when uh, Godzilla is overheating – and he's about to go atomic and explode, but he, before he does it, he's got to kill the destroyer, which is made of the of the same stuff that killed the original Godzilla, Ooh. which is is an oxygen destroyer, and this thing emits it, and it's like a battle to the death. The two big monsters meet, and then Baby Godzilla, which is the young the young Godzilla back there, you see yeah. On the, yeah, the green one, yeah. All right, he he gets his ass kicked too, and then Godzilla dies. He melts down. And he destroys the oxygen destroyer, but then all of his power goes into baby Godzilla, and then he becomes the next Godzilla.
0: This is a great composition. I love bodies, designs, yeah. you, and like the Godzilla, like he said, he's glowing, he's smoking. You could get this on a t-shirt. You can't have too many Godzilla t-shirts. Am I right, Ruggs? Yeah, I own this print. I have it up in my house. Now you could get it. Uh, As a shirt. So uh, check that out. Uh, Buy some cool Godzilla art. Uh, I also have a little podcast recommendation I wanted to share with the listener. I listen to – there's this podcast called the B-Movies Podcast. They had a great hour-long spoiler-filled interview with the writers of Captain America Civil War, Marcus and McFeely. A lot of good insight. There's a lot of great – they talk about their process, why, what the, the decisions they made. It's very good. I will put a link in the show notes. And uh, maybe we do, like, a little crossover with them. Those guys are pretty good. I like that. B-Movies Podcast. Check it out. Okay. You have any other plugs, Imran? Well, one last thing uh, I got to say. It's a little programming note for the listener. Uh, I want you to make sure to check out our last episode. It's uh, episode 102, part one of our free comic book day celebration at pastimes we were part of featured guests we interviewed like five people and of course i recorded way too much audio so i split it up but part one is up at the end of that episode though i do say that part two will be next after this current episode well i lied we're doing an audible we're shoving some things around because we have this really great conversation we had with the honest to god chicago sports radio broadcaster Lawrence Holmes. Oh, shit. Whoa. He's a, a sports broadcaster who's into comic books. Whoa. Yeah, and and uh, he mentioned us on the radio the other day. Geek Are English. you serious? No, I was like, Damn. oh, snap. Lawrence Holmes just shout us out on 670 The Score in Chicago, which is a huge CBS sports radio station. This guy is great. He brings geek talk on a sports radio station. So... Really excited to share that. That's going to be the next episode. Then, oh. we'll, then we'll have another weekly. And then you'll get part two of Free Comic Book Day that features Elliot Serrano, who is also friends with Laura Holmes. So we got to talk to both of them, and they know each other. And uh, it's just a great convergence of like-minded media minds. or some Hey, sure. that's really cool, man. Yeah. I like it. So that's what's going on. That brings us to the end of the show. Rugs, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy,
2: and you could see me tweet you know, articles or retweet stuff that I think is interesting or, or, or relevance. Or you can do what David Mobile does and ask me a thousand questions a day. I think he does and that to everybody.
0: He does yeah. that to everyone. God bless the David Mobley. Look, listener, after you're done buying the Godzilla shirt… You should visit com slash shopping get a and nerd podcast shirt. I'm wearing one right now. Rugs has a little baby one on. It's a little baby ringer tee. Basically, visit the link. Put our logo on any kind of shirt, any color, hoodies. There's bandanas, water bottles. It's lots of fun. Spread the word with Jock and nerd merch. Jock and nerd! And there's the graphic. Right. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks to Jordan of the Pies for being our badass blab assistant. Gang, if you like what you hear, subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Player FM. And then what you want to do, you want to leave a nice review. Go to com slash review. Takes us to your iTunes page. That way, when people are looking for fun geek podcasts to listen to, there's lots of great reviews to turn them on to our show. It works great. Right, rugs? Yeah, reviews. You read them. <laughs> yeah, it's like Amazon. Don't you read the reviews? I read every, this is a review yeah. society. You don't, People don't buy shit anymore without reading the reviews first, which is smart. Yeah. because If it, you're going to go and buy some nose hair trimmers, you
2: read the reviews. Oh, and absolutely. Go, hey, this one yanked my nose hair
0: out, and this one didn't work. Worst nose hair trimmers ever. Don't get that one. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, gang. I don't want that one. Do you not know, want that one? If you like the show and you really want to help us out, it's a very, very easy way. Just tell the next person you see. Tell the next animal, mineral, or vegetable you come in contact with. Give them one of these. Jock and nerd. Dramatic pause. But our call to action rugs, I got to tell you, the listeners are killing it. We are telling people. We're seeing new people uh, every month. Every episode is played, which is pretty fucking crazy. And on top of that, people are writing
2: reviews, they're sending in questions, they're participating. It's not just us, you know, screaming out into the into the netherworld. It's people calling back to us and saying, hey, we want to be on the show. So you can do that. Create some content.
0: Send us some bits. Send us stuff.
2: We'll play it. Why the fuck
0: not? We'll play and read anything. And it could just be you going, <sighs> Fuck Imran over and over again. I'll play it on the show. It's content, but thanks for all your engagement, listener. Thanks for listening. We appreciate every second you spend with us. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran, and my name is Roberto Bambino. He's the rug boy, and he's the nerd. And we'll hear you next time. Oh, yeah, beautiful.
1: No, do you even podcast? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley.
0: Why are you putting people through this? Jockey Nerd! This is the official Jocka Nerd Podcast. Post show everybody if you're hanging out in Blab. Jump in, geek out, you got questions, you want to talk about
1: anything and everything, we're here for you. Dakota,
0: yes. Yes. sir Dakota, back at the, Nice to see you again. Oh, it's a little puppet. It's the you, little, little puppet. It's so cute. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm oh, not yeah. drunk
3: now. Oh, First okay. Time I met your rugby. I was a little drunk. I yeah. Apologize for that. You
0: were hilarious, though, dude. We love that. You were great. I no.
3: remember. I remember you.
0: How did it well, go with you. the French chick?
3: We'll save that for the after show. This that is
0: crazy. the after show. What's oh, the after show? <laughs>
3: yeah. all right. I'm sorry. I've been traveling. I'm
0: in Oregon right now. Oh, There's you man! Wow. You. Yeah. You were in New York last yeah, time. You get around.
3: Yeah, he does. I do. All right. New, all right. New, yeah. So, new York City uh, French okay, chick. What happened? All right. All right. So I met her. She was great. Her name was Lizette. A really nice. Lovely. Lady.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, Whoa. really nice. She got really nice legs. She was a contortionist. She was flexible. I'll just leave it at that. Oh boy, this Flex. gets better and better. She was flexible, so I'm not really going to say anything more. Okay, I really don't want to. I really don't want to insult Jordan on here. I like Jordan, so I really don't want to say anything that might freak her out. So uh, I think Believe that I you think.
2: Like, you ever hear what I say?
3: Oh, uh, you want, want say- me to do it? Well, <laughs> all right, Jordan. Yeah. You want me to? You want me to do it? All right. Let's just say- yeah, did. Do it. Jordan's down. She can handle it. Yeah, she can handle it. All right. So, after a few glasses of whiskey, um, I I brought a bottle of um, a 40 year old Scotch whiskey with me to New York. Wow. And I brought it down to the lobby. We had a few glasses. (laughs) And we went up to my suite where I was on the first floor. And uh, let's just say things went a little way from there. She was freshly single. She hadn't dated anybody for at least two years. Oh man! And let's just say she had a thing for bald guys. Like, <laughs> ah, now, seriously. Now, uh, what was it—a
2: one-and-done thing—and then you never saw her again, yeah, or how did, did you, you try and, uh, you know,
3: you know, <laughs> <has> got, it's <laughs> not—it's not a one-night stand. It's not. She actually yeah. works. She actually works. Actually, for the French Embassy Whoa. in London. So I didn't know this until she told me. So you you committed an international
0: incident. That's pretty hot. Geek boner. <laughs> Does she but be- I- she's bendy like the spoon from the Matrix. Uh how would you meet this yeah, girl? Nice
3: <laughs> well, um she's actually a soprano. She actually sang- sings Oh,
0: snap. Wow.
2: She was a
3: soprano. So just- I bet she was making some uh, loud noises. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All on pitch, of course. (laughs) So, not really. What I really want to talk about, uh, seriously, have you all discussed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet? Yeah, we we can talk about about it. We can
0: talk about the season finale, whatever you want to talk about.
3: Bloody hell! I just now saw it on my phone. I downloaded the last two episodes. Yeah. Colson's no longer the
0: director. Dude, that that six month jump at the end was awesome. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe May or, you know, Mac was in charge at one point.
3: uh, well, sorry. Well, well, Mac was, but if it's me, I think that would be really cool. But no, I read the comics, so you have to think is Tony Stark in charge.
0: There, uh, who is we'll it? Mm, well, look, this picks up after Civil War, so you know the team's True. busted up. I didn't
2: want to ruin it for everyone, but they may actually appoint me in charge of the Shield.
0: Oh, rock Rug- boys Rug-
3: and They yeah. call me Director Roberto. He's Director Rugberto of Shield. All right. No, no, Jordan's asking the question. Um, she actually, um, <laughs> alright. Do you really want to know all the details, love? Because it, it's kind of a little mess. So, alright. Yeah, she girls are put... more, more perverted than us. Dude,
0: girls are way dirtier than we than guys
3: are when they're alone. All and all right. You heard them? Alright, 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 alright. Right. Alright, right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. She put one foot behind her head like so. I'm not really that flexible, so I can't really actually do anything like that. But she put one foot behind her head. I picked her up and she put her other foot around my waist. And um, <laughs> uh, let's just say I broke a couple of lamps in the room. So Geek oh, shit. He broke the, a lamp! She, Evil. He human pretzled her! She pretzled him! That's awesome! Well, it wasn't one lamp, it was two.
2: Oh
0: my god. This is
2: hey, um, listen, you, you gotta keep things symmetrical. You make yeah. one lamp, you gotta break another
3: one. We gotta go to the other side now, honey.
0: Take your uh, well, clear contum-
3: no. cleared now with one broken lamp. <laughs> well honestly, I had the television on and uh, I was actually having cups on the tele <laughs> uh, your your show cups. Yes. And and I tried to turn it on loud enough. But honestly it wasn't loud enough. Oh you were I,
0: trying to use that. Oh
3: I did. I got a call from the lobby from the night manager. And he said, "Is everything all right up there, sir?" And I had to ask. I said, "Aye, what, what, what's the problem?" And at the same time, I've got the bloody lady in my arm. On my, on my left arm. I've got the phone. I've got the receiver on the phone <laughs> in the other, and I'm just like, "Uh, aye." Do you? Everything? Do you? Yes. Uh, how do you say your name again, sir? Dakota. Sir Dakota. Sir Dakota. Let me me back up a little bit. Um, I didn't have the title last time you saw me. I didn't find out about this until a week ago or so. My grandfather got a knighthood from his service to Margaret Thatcher. Whoa. And honestly, honestly, it's the type of knighthood that's inherited uh, down the male bloodline. Now, when my grandfather died, my father didn't want the knighthood. I don't know why he didn't. Wow. But it got pa- it got passed down to me, so I am now a knight, Sir Dakota Sonder. Holy shit, so, that's awesome. So you were sir from
0: when you were born, and you didn't know it. You were knighted.
3: Honestly, honestly yeah. <laughs> Holy really shit, that.
0: That. that's awesome. So, what does knighthood get you? What kind of benefits? You get to bang the queen now or something? Honest- what do you do?
3: Me, I would have to be really drunk or have for <laughs> my before you before I have four- sex with her Majesty. <laughs> you got that forty-year-old no, whiskey? I, honestly, honestly, I heard that she's pretty flexible
0: been, too. By the way, that's what I heard.
3: She's very bendy. All right, no, no. Honestly, honestly, um, I, I used to work for government, and I have the greatest respect for her Majesty. I'm all for a good laugh, so. But she kn- does yoga. Know, so, I heard it. She actually, she actually rides horses. If you want to I know, I she does. <laughs> Wait, no, but seriously, she rides horses. Really? I, I Still? That. Wow. I, she does, she's 91 years yeah. old. All right. Yeah. A knight who any political honour in Britain is conferred by the government, and what the government does is it evaluates any individual for um, acts of charity or acts of service to queen and country. Now, my grandfather served in government as a bodyguard and An advisor at some stage or another for at least, I have to think, for at least 30 years, even 40. So a knighthood is literally the best thing he ever got. Now, my father, when he uh, stepped down from Guardian Prime Minister Blair, from what I understand, he was, I think, wanting to be given a knighthood uh, or even a, a lordship, a peerage, but not really. He didn't really want that. But I think I would really get great sex if I was Lord Dakota So
0: Lord Dakota. I mean, Sir Dakota has got, you get, it got to get you in some panties right away. I'm Sir Dakota.
3: It got, got me into the bed with a French lady. That was a really great French lady.
0: Very wrapped around you. do you, you <laughs>
3: feel? Do you feel? Wait a minute. Do, do, you feel, do you feel comfortable with that honor? With
0: the knighthood? Or the French lady?
3: Yes. No no no, no, with the with, the, no, no, with, the, with the knighthood the, the honors that they gave you, do you feel comfortable with that feeling I do because seriously, uh, for almost seven years, I have worked diligently for government yeah now, before I got fired by the Prime minister, I was one of the great spin doctors, junior spin doctors. I had great contacts in the press, and I knew every member of parliament from one session to the next. I had a cigar with Dennis Skinner, I drank with Ed Miliband, hell I even had a 99, that's an ice cream for those that don't know, with Gordon Brown after he got voted out of Downing Street because nobody even wanted to talk to him. So I think that an honour like this for me is inherited and I feel really great about that but it's a tradition in my family That is passed down along the bloodline. Now, my father didn't want the knighthood, so if anything were to happen to me, it would eventually go back to him. But if I ever have a son, it would go to him. So I got it. That's crazy that you
0: really didn't know until just recently this whole, your Lydia. I didn't
3: didn't know because I got a letter from Downing Street telling me about it. I really didn't know. I got a letter and I got a phone call. From somebody in the prime minister 's office, and they told me about that, so I was like oh that 's great. um do I have to go to Buckingham Palace wow. you no know the knighthood 's yours yeah. so do you, do you feel do you feel like like you gotta behave uh, a little bit more responsibly Corey, seriously, are you going to play that card on me now no i'm i 'm just like you know i 'm just saying you feel you feel that you gotta be more responsible. All right, let me tell you this, Corey. If I have to be responsible, then his royal highness, Prince Harry, should not go to Las Vegas, Nevada, and get butt-naked shots of him posted on TMZ. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Seriously, uh, Corey.
0: They set the bar pretty low for uh, how uh, <laughs> you should... Uh, if, a royal,
3: if a royal can get photo- photographed naked... That's right. Then I can get pretty naughty with the French lady. You can do whatever you want, buddy. (laughs)
0: In fact, I think you should (laughs) even you should misbehave more because you uh, you you could get away (laughs) with (laughs) this
3: shit now. Thank you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. As long as you got the confidence, do whatever you love. That's
2: true, sir. Listen, since we're dropping names that that
3: shows that you're a knighthood because you do what you love. Since we're dropping
2: I, I once had taffy with Paul Rubens.
3: Pee Herman Pauly Shore. and Polly Shore. You had Taffy yeah. with Pee Wee Herman and Polly Shore. Yeah, it was pretty well, cool. Why would the why would the bloody hell would you ever hang out with Paulie Shore? He's hilarious. That's why dude, he gets all the
2: women, dude. You talk about some
3: French chicks. He's had every kind of chick you could imagine. It's he's the, the weasel. He's the weasel, dude. All right. All right let me ask you this: <laughs> Did Seth MacFarlane uh, create Quagmire? Based off of Polly Shore. Maybe. No, I think
0: he based Quagmire off of Larry, the neighbor from Three's Company. That's right. That and that predates right, Polly Shore. That's who Polly Shore got his All right. stick from.
3: Alright, would you like me to tell you what's happened from New York? Would you like sure. me to tell you after what happened? Alright. So I packed <laughs> my suitcase I, I packed my suitcase and I flew back to London because I had to go back to work the next uh, next week. Yeah. Guess what I guess what I found in the suitcase? Panties? A baguette? <laughs> no. A soggy baguette? Jock, what you? Say? Panties? No, Jock, what you say? I said panties. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm here.
0: nailed it, fucking nerd. Panties.
3: All right. Guess what the note said attached to it? I'll be coming to get these from you soon. Kind of.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well,
3: you know what? You know what? The 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 way you sound about becoming a knight. uh, It really gives me the honor to communicate with another honorable man. Well, thank you, doctor. Dakota, can I just say personally
0: for me, thank you so much for coming by because now you are the first. I don't think I've ever talked to a, a fucking knight. You are the first knight I've ever talked to. And plus, you work in the British Parliament. Like, you are so fascinating and so cool. I was so excited to meet you drunk that last time for, like, two minutes. But, Rux, we are talking to an actual
1: knight. I know. Okay,
2: Asians out there, you got to step up your game. Get some samurais up in this shit. Yeah, when are you going to start